Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Triple Takeover Toycast, a fortnightly podcast all about the toys, the whole toys, and nothing but the toys. My name is Sixo, but more on that later, as I'm joined by two shining beacons of humankind that I have the pleasure of calling my esteemed co-hosts. Firstly, there's the man who will do unspeakable things to procure the right bit of cardboard for his collection. It's Maz from Transformers Square One. At your service. Secondly, there's the man who takes great delight in being generously sent random new toys that he wasn't at all expecting, and it nearly always turns out to have been his own drunken purchase from a week or two prior. It's Liam from Toybox Soapbox. That explains that thing I got the other day. Well, I was thinking of that. It wasn't, I didn't just make this stuff up. Honestly, it's based on a real example. You with your, oh, I've forgotten I bought this. <laughs> anyway, together we are Triple Takeover, and today we're piping on about reissues, that being toys from a time gone by that have been re-released in one form or another to be appreciated all over again. It's a similar feeling to finding a pair of comfy old socks at the back of your drawer, or for me, whenever I go back to my mum's and she makes her signature spaghetti bolognese. Nothing quite like it. But anyway, we'll get to all of that shortly. How are you both doing, chaps? Not bad. Really good, thanks. Yeah, not bad. But, yeah, what's going on in Groovetown? But before we get to that, we should also introduce the third member of our group. You may know him as Sixo, the man who's my... able to. No, you didn't. You, I someone who's able to complete an entire toy line between episodes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Have I done that? How's your Binaltech collection going? Not, not <laughs> complete. Polished it not off com- this weekend. Didn't not you? complete. Not oh, complete. So Still not close. complete. So there's, close. there's a couple to go. There's, a, there's two Binaltechs to go. There you go. And have been for a while, actually. I've been sitting on those last two, uh, just kind of, you know, eking it out. Ones I've had before, admittedly. But uh, Is that just to give yourself something to do when you're on yeah, the toilet exactly, you know, eBay? Uh, right. Well, uh, yeah, maybe. It's that thing that you did. You laid them all out on the stairs and you took a photo. And I bet you just like, well, why don't I just get the other two to finish this off? You know, because they're all out there. And I'm looking at them now. There are I gaps, had, mate. There are gaps. I know. I had a moment of that. Bizarrely, I didn't get where's dirged on that picture at all. Like I was fully anticipating on, on the, the four platforms that I put it on that picture that uh, that someone would say to me, where's so-and-so? Like, where's Hound or whatever? But nobody did. Couldn't believe it. Actually, you know, I tell a lie. Someone did say to me, uh, you're missing blue tracks. So there you go. I, I did get a blue tracks notification but i guess you hadn't noticed maybe you didn't know there was a blue tracks <laughs> right yeah that one was actually kind of by design i was just happy with the yellow one do you know what i mean like it's just nice to have a yellow tracks for a change mm. in it but uh but no clearly clearly not uh someone picked up on it but fair enough anyway how are you both i'm good i'm slowly slowly getting through the list of classics and henke toys that the episode enabled me on got rodimus say. recently classics megatron is on the way and uh skyfire yeah, Henke's Skyfire arrived yesterday and it's everything I remember it to be. And this is at a time when I've gone through Generations, Jetfire and Fans Toys, Phoenix, and I've had all the very best Skyfires and Jetfires. And now this one from 2006, 2008 is in my hands again and I'm realizing this really was a terrific toy. Really good. Yeah, it is a nice one. It's one that, as you know, I hadn't had any you know experience of before, but I'm really enjoying. So It's aged really well, that toy. It has, actually, yes. It seemed to be that I have one that really stands up perfectly well. So it's got everything. It looks brilliant. The colors are fantastic, full of accessories, super simple and intuitive to transform. None of these classics toys have required me to get the instructions out just to make sure I don't damage them. They're just so intuitive. <laughs> one of those lines we just didn't appreciate at the time is quite the same as vinyl tech and alternators. It's definitely a case of it's got everything it needs to make itself a good toy. You know, like yes. a lot of people go, it doesn't have ankle tilts or it's that stuff. But you like, it doesn't matter if everything it has is 
perfect for what it is. That's a discussion we had today, actually, isn't it? You, um, Sixo, you were talking with our mate Jason about displaying modern toys and how, because they've got all this articulation, you're tempted to display them posed. But what happens is they end up taking up a stack of space. So yeah, I, I got to think about it honestly. I do, I do believe, like for me, you know, getting a full-on set of cabinets and everything, and thinking, okay, you know, I'll have masterpiece here and G1 here and whatever. Without a doubt, for me, actually, the older the toys are in terms of transformers, the more satisfying they are to display. Uh, it's the G1 stuff that is by far and away my favorite, and that's not just you know me being all oh, the old stuff's the best. It's just because I think literally modern toys, particularly the hyper articulated ones. You know, you, you either stand them kind of stoically and then they, they just look a bit awkward or you have to give them, I think, like a lot of room to really kind of make them work um, because otherwise they just take up too much room and all of that. So, you know, but yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing for sure. I've, I've yet to find a satisfactory way to really display Masterpiece on a shelf. I've seen it done fantastically with dioramas and you know, if you've got all the space for it, that's fantastic. But if you don't, it's difficult. It's like, you know how you get like some toys come with like 15 alternate faces and everybody still always picks the neutral expression. Oh, 100%. The most basic one, that's the one they always keep. Yeah, for a display, for sure. It's normally the neutral face, isn't it? So Yeah, but it's the same with all that articulation in the world, but everyone still just stands them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a funny old business, isn't it? I think unless you, as I say, unless you've really got the room and I see, you know, I've seen pictures of what Bobby Skullface has done, for example, some amazing diorama type displays and a lot of people say a lot of people some people do that as well and I'm always uh, when I see those I have two thoughts a that looks incredible and b wow that's a lot of space needed to Chris do that as well with the printed grid backgrounds in his um, display that's really super nice kind of yeah yeah that's but that's like one cabinet even do you know what I mean And and that actually looks fantastic I will say but it's I guess it's just having that room for something a bit more dedicated as such isn't it versus what I have and what a lot of us have, which is just like too much a shelf, if you will, and then, you know, too many toys to put on it. Yeah, so. yeah I saw your picture today, Liam, where you were talking about a clear out. How's the clear out going, by the way? It's too scary to even contemplate because I've been I've started working from home, haven't I? So I'm sat in this room all the time, like looking around, just feeling like everything's encroaching on me. Like, oh my Should God. Should we start with those uh, toys at the front there, which have no shelf and are approximately each the size of a small child? And you seem to have about seven or eight of them. Another one arrived the other day. Uh, thanks, drunk Liam. So you might want to start somewhere in that region, son. Without drunk Liam, I would never have had black. Sorry. I was going to say, that's the thing. Is that so the, drunk, the drunk Liam purchase was a blooming Titan black Zarek. It's not, I mean, we're not talking like some core class sound wave or whatever. This is like the, the biggest toy out at retail at the moment. That's the thing. It's just like drunk Liam had a couple of rums and settled in for the night and ordered himself a black Zarek. And then it was the fact that you were completely clueless about the fact that you'd ordered it. It was the, the fact that I seem to have deleted the email. Drunk Liam must have thought, ah, he'll get second thoughts about this. Or let's delete any evidence. So he has no <laughs> That's idea. Amazing. It's hilarious. I love that drunk Liam is, is either drunk like Liam your, covers best, his tracks. your best friend or your worst enemy, or maybe yeah. both. Yeah. He's the one who makes the decisions. Yeah. <laughs> He knows what's best for Nigel. And he's got access to the bank account. That's the scary thing. (laughs) Right. And then, uh, of course, we've got our sponsor for the night. We've got uh, tfsource.com. Thank you very much to them for sponsoring the podcast, as always. We'll be doing a little sponsor segment in the middle of the episode where we have a look at their site and see what's in stock and available for pre-order right now. But big news, people, because we've actually taken on a second sponsor. Check us out big time. Whoop, whoop. 
so yeah, set off a few air horns there, maybe. But uh, no, so we have to get on the second sponsor. Uh, See, now, and it, if I if I had a G one Galvatron, would be going ur, right. ur, ur, in the back. That, that there we go. That, that's perfect. That sounds like a seal. That would be perfect. <laughs> we should have pre-planned that a little bit, and then we could yes. have known to do that. Someone get a vintage Galvatron for next yeah, episode, just please. Just ordering a vintage Galvatron specifically yeah. for it. But our new sponsor, our second sponsor, is gearforgeeks.co.uk. So UK-based website, so a bit different to TF Source uh, in that regard, but uh, very different in terms of what they stock as well. So they do Transformers stuff uh, new, and they do a lot of pre-owned stuff as well. So we'll be taking a look at some, some of those in the sponsor segment in the middle uh, a little bit later. But they also do lots of clothing and accessories, so like bags and things like that, and uh, even like hair accessories and keychains, and they do stuff for your home mugs. They do music, uh, lots of stuff. So really quite exciting. Thank you to Gear for Geeks uh, for sponsoring us, and we'll be checking their site out in just a little bit. Also, we mentioned when TF Source came on board about their history of supporting content creators. The same should be said for Gear for Geeks, because obviously, as Masterforce.co.uk uh, Morg used to write articles about Transformers and then also used to have people like myself and Liam. Yeah, that's how I got my start. Right, so we've written Transformers articles as well. So he's always been a a really strong supporter of community content creation that is useful for the fandom and they weren't things that he was necessarily selling on his site either at the time. They were... I remember I wrote about Megatron's master plan. I had the script for it, so I wrote that. And uh, sometimes it was third party, sometimes it was just something G1 related. So he's always, again, been someone who's been in the community for decades, decades in the Transformers community and Diaclone and just action figure collecting, buying and selling. So he's a well-known UK dealer as well. So it's exactly the kind of thing that he would support as well, something like this. Yeah, and he gave Liam his big break so you know nobody's perfect you know <laughs> yeah, exactly had no idea what he unleashed <laughs> right she just <laughs> left him at download festival <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. Man, oh, man. Uh, we also got a, a patreon don't we Maz? yes we do so for those who support us on patreon uh, or are thinking of supporting us on patreon uh why would you do that in order to help us keep the lights on so and also the more support we get the more we can actually provide uh we have four glorious tiers as sixer likes to sing uh, we have those of, at Apologetic Ramp who just, they don't necessarily get a perk beyond being able to say that they support the show, all the way up to Six O's Butlers who have access to exclusive mini episodes or mini sods that we put out every two weeks. And they can also choose the topic that we cover from a list of over 100. Uh, we just released a brand new mini sode the other day on the Takara exclusive Breast Force and Breastmasters. So you know, topics really vary, but if you find that you're all caught up with Triple Takeover and you want more, then by all means, look at becoming a six size butler or even a man and pig where you can get early access to episodes. And you might be listening to this episode a few days earlier than everyone else. And that is patreon.com forward slash Triple Takeover. I definitely recommend the Breast Force episode. It was very uh, titillating. Oh my God. Well, I mean, it was nip and tuck there for a while though. Oh. It's the breast around. We had enough of this the other night. Gentlemen, yeah. I think let's leave yeah, it. This on nonsense was behind the paywall. Let's yeah, not let exactly. it creep over. <laughs> this is the kind of material people are actually shelling out for. So don't give it away for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh dear. Uh, but they can also get some uh, some other merch, isn't that right, Liam? That's true. If they want some quality branded merch, then the Crusader Against Inflation has got their back. You can get leggings, stationery, t-shirts, mugs, coasters, phone cases, bedding, and all sorts at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. And do remember to click the side menu because somebody we know didn't do that. I thought we only had three <laughs> products. You took it in the third person again, honestly. 
I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> give him his due. He actually mentioned the leggings first. He's prioritised. That's true. That's the best thing we've ever come up with. Well, yeah, triple takeover leggings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Well, you've got to get your priorities straight in this game, don't you? Right, so obviously the topic for tonight is reissues. And uh, to kind of set the scene for this, we're not going to necessarily go, you know, whole hog on every single reissue that's ever been released out there, because that would take all day. But we will take a look at some individual lines, things like that. But it's more of a kind of top line general chat about reissues, uh, you know, as a concept, if you will, because it's it's been a thing for years now. Uh, I think what's really interesting currently with reissues is that it's kind of moved beyond Generation 1 a little bit. Of course, we've got Be- Beast Wars reissues happening right now. You know, you can find them uh, in stores and everything. Uh, and that, for me, is like a huge thrill as well, just walking into Smith's or wherever and just seeing Beast Wars cards and boxes and everything lined up is just like, it's suddenly 1990s again. It's just incredible. But, uh, you know, actually reissues have been a thing since way back into 1990, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The first legitimate Transformers reissues. So it's nothing new at all. Uh, so I guess, firstly, to kind of kick us off, I mean, how would you guys kind of define, if you will, reissues? re-release of a previously released toy yeah i guess so you could I mean, argue that the you know the movie target masters were reissues that are just like <laughs> released again the next year that's probably too close but well um, that's that's the thing isn't it because they are they are they're re-releases i suppose you would say but is there a difference between a re-release and a reissue or is that just the same thing yeah i think a certain amount of time has to pass so you know the originals I mean, I'm sure there were shops which still had the 1986 hot rod on shelves when the Target Master came out. So I think the original must no longer be available at retail, you know, and that includes like web stores and stuff like that. Because like, I I guess I would equate like Target Master hot rod in the 80s to now, if you think about some of the Netflix, um, like per- yeah, what are they sure. called the painted ones, the premium editions, things like mm-hmm. that, they're, they're rolling over, aren't they? Because the default release is still in, in stores, it's still available, but you're getting a new version, which is the same toy, but with a new paint job available at the same time, essentially. So I, I don't know if I would count that as a reissue. That to me is like, it's a repaint or whatever. But Very slight retools, aren't they, the Target Masters? Now they've got holes. Yeah, belly buttons, yeah, okay. indeed. What about something like Masterpiece? For example, we get reissue runs of Masterpiece Transformers that have sold out very quickly and it's barely been a year or two since that original release, you know? Well, that's the thing. I I guess they tend to be referred to as second runs, don't they? Or or re-releases even. But then the the term reissue does come up as well. I was thinking actually recently with Fans Toys, or it's third party, but people are talking about, you know, the fact that they've reissued some of their Dinobots, for example. Mm And that that's being referred to as a reissue, but you also see seen it called a, a re-release as well. So maybe the terminology is a bit loose. Maybe it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I think your your definition of it's a it's a pre-existing toy being given another shot. I do tend to think of it though, as you said, as one where a significant amount of time has passed. But I guess the 1990 example in that regard is also interesting because you're talking about toys that in some cases were on shelves in 1985. So it's only actually five years that had passed at that point from them then being reissued. With Springer, it would only have been since 1986. Yeah, That's true, actually. Yeah, Springer, four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were very much reissues, weren't they? I think of reissues as bringing something old back. Not specifically really old, but something from a previous time almost. So in that case, they 
Transformers had moved on and they were bringing back the old characters. Yeah, called them classics. It's almost like this style of toy is no longer available, but here's your chance to get a classic of the mainline, yeah. Yeah, it's always accompanied by that kind of fanfare of we're bringing these guys back, here's your chance to get it again and that sort of stuff. But I do wonder, like you were just saying there, if the term reissue has sort of become more well used now to mean other things, you know, like a lot of terms do. And like you were saying about re-release and stuff like that, whether it's becoming interchangeable. Because I've seen it with people talking about Marvel toys as well, when they're like, can you reissue that Spider-Man or something? That was only out like two years ago. And it doesn't feel like the same thing, but it feels like it's become interchangeable with other terms now. Yeah, it's like another production run. Yeah. Like a second pressing of a vinyl or something or a second print of a comic that's Mm. the first print is sold out. Yeah, in my mind, there is a there is a sort of a distinction, but actually now that we're talking about it, I'm wondering if that's just me, do you know what I mean? And if the distinction is even important, because I think you're right, when it comes to modern stuff, you can use the term reissue and it's very much interchangeable with re-release or repack or whatever, uh, retool, all of these things. But actually, when I think of it in terms of vintage toys, it is like something from the far forgotten past almost that is being brought back even if that far forgotten past is actually not that long ago i think with the example of the the g1 toys it's something that was no longer being produced but having said that that probably doesn't always apply either so maybe there's no no hard and fast rule yeah and it's market specific too because with g1 when the gold box stuff was coming out as a re-release in europe uh, and canada it was coming out as standard in china you know so yeah. it was you know, in the 90s issue transformers were on shelves there as standard it wasn't their re-release it was just there mm. so it's market specific too i think okay but of course at its core you are talking about toys that have already had one release and now they're being brought back i think for the purposes of this episode a lot of this is going to be g1 naturally because in terms of transformers that is predominantly what has been reissued isn't it i think which is mad because the reissue era is now longer than the vintage era yeah that and that is the the real realization for me is that when you look at the, the timelines of it all i mean why aren't there more reissues of more current stuff they tried, didn't they? We've had a car robots reissue. We had the Encore Godfire yep. Convoy. We had, was it a Beast Machines toy that was reissued as part of Encore as well? They did. The old Woolly Mammoth big, guy. Big, big Convoy. Big Convoy. It's not, it's, that's Beast that's Wars Beast Neo. Wars, Beast Wars Japan. Okay. Didn't we have a Unicron trilogy reissue as well? Well, there has been the Unicron that's been reissued. That's right. Yeah. And they had um, the green one, didn't they? Yeah, they had the green one as well, which was like a you know a sort of separate thing. I mean, that's something to talk about, obviously, as we'll come on to as well. But that's something that obviously I always appreciate is when you get a reissue of the straight up thing as it was back in the day, but then a sort of separate recolored version or whatever that's mm-hmm. maybe a bit funky or different as well. And of course, we'll inevitably come on to eHobby, for example, as like sure. the golden era, I think, in many people's minds of reissues. Maybe not so much at the time because it wasn't appreciated in its own time, but... But certainly now, those reissues are like gold dust in some cases uh, and really highly sought after. But I think that's always fun. But yeah, there have been some for sure, but it's been very spotty at best. And I think you said about the, the car robots reissue. I think a lot of people were super excited to think that that would, you know, herald something. And it just hasn't at all. Uh, you know, actually kind of there were no more encore releases after that or there haven't been. So which is a bit of a shame. It didn't go down well, though, did it? It's sort of... No, it was a disaster. Problems. Yeah, yeah, total. Well, total that's fine disaster. for us because we just, well, some of us just went and bought the whole freaking vintage line anyway, didn't we? Yeah. Although I actually do have that reissue and, and my copy is okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm not fussed about the electronics, to be honest. And it's the electronics that have caused or, or were one of the main issues. It's not the, yeah. the singular issue with it at all, but that was one of the bigger ones. I think the thing that bothers me most about the QC issues on that reissue were the possibility that when they do that really cool hand holding thing to combine, that there's 
tolerance issues with clipping Magnus's fists into Convoy's fist, and then that causes stress marks and it doesn't quite yeah. click because that then creates problems for the flaps that close around it and, and all sorts. So that's the worst kind of issue I think that, that you can get. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to come on to in a bit some of the, I suppose if you will, the benefits and the downfalls of reissues, but definitely things like mold degradation and stuff like that is going to be uh, high up the list, I've no doubt. Um, maybe it's worth just kind of quickly running through then what re- what reissue lines there have been over mm-hmm. the years and just kind of top line going through some of the the kind of big hitters, if you will. Because in terms of Generation 1, there obviously have been a lot. Now, we've already mentioned it, but there was Classics, yep. which was Hasbro, uh, and it was Euro, wasn't it? Euro release only, European line. No, in they the, had uh, classics in Australia, New Zealand, and they also had right. them in Canada. Okay. I didn't actually know about Australia. That's interesting. Uh, I was going to say, but... Is that all of them? Because I'm thinking about the Turbo Masters where people were like, what about Australia and all these other places we didn't mention? Well, the thing is, I didn't actually know that they came out in Australia, but I do know the Gold Box stuff did. So that's... that's I didn't thing. know about Australia for the Gold Box. So there you go. I was going to say, in I think New Zealand, it, I think, which, strangely. I thought it was in Canada as well, but yeah. But that was 90 to 91, wasn't it? And that was, you know, real... I mean, I was going to say the real classics like G1 Optimus, some of the cars, uh, things like Sunstreaker, Springer, yeah. which is kind of a random one, actually, Springer. Like, why Springer and not Hot Rod, for example, and things like it that. It was the triple changer kick they were on because we've got Sandstorm as well and Astro Train, yeah. not Blitzwing. And I guess that's kind of a theme for reissues as well, is that it never feels logical some of the time. Well, I, I asked the guy who was head of R&D for Boys Toys at Hasbro UK. His name was Andy Cousins. I remember asking him when he was selling stuff on eBay, like test shots and prototypes of that era, why did you? Why did these get reissued and not those? His memory of it was that those were the ones that sold the best during the initial run. So things like Inferno and Sideswipe, Sunstreaker, Jazz, Prowl, Optimus Prime, Grimlock. And he said that was the reason that those were selected for Goldbox reissue in Europe. Fair enough. That, I mean, that obviously makes sense behind from a behind-the-scenes kind of perspective. I think it's for me, it's very much become a kind of common theme of a lot of reissue lines that you end up thinking, why is this particular toy not being <laughs> reissued versus this one? Uh, you know, and you do see some some of the same molds come up time and time again, don't yeah. they? Like an Astro Train is just an absolute classic in terms of reissue yeah. fodder by this point. But Starscream's uh, had so sound waves had loads yeah. of reissues. Blaster at this point's had a few. Perceptor. So, so many. Yeah, so, so cassettes. Many. It must just be whatever the molds they still have, isn't it? Whatever they've got access to, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Or what works with current molding technology. So, you know, I think uh, 60 and I missed the Aaron Archer panel at TF Nation a few years ago. We had our own panel, which you attended, which was awesome. Yeah, so I missed it because of you guys. Not because of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault. I mean, not because of us. There's, you know, there's, there's phrasing there. That... Still hugely grateful to those who gave up an Aaron Archer panel to come and see us talk about toy photography on. Hard to forget. If I'd have gone to that, I could have been doing a podcast with him. Yeah, that's true. You could... Sure. Behave. Yeah, so he had said that it was more a case of the older molds like Wheeljacks and your Sunstreakers. It's not that they were lost, but that those molds aren't compatible with today's technology. So they can't run them. It's not like the counterfeit G1 that you get nowadays, which infuriatingly are constantly listed on eBay as reissues. They're not. They're fakes. They're designed to fool people. 
And uh, those are basically reverse engineered. So it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's not the same mold, is it? So so it's a bit of a computer says no type thing is what you're saying. I suppose, yeah. History says no. Yeah, indeed. We, we hear that about the Dinobots a lot, don't we? Where they won't reissue them because the molds are damaged and stuff and it's not worth the money to repair them. What or, did I, ju- what did I just them. say? What did I yeah. just say? I said it's not damaged. <laughs> it's, compatibility. it's compatibility with modern machinery. It came out of a horse's mouth. Well, not that we know, we weren't there. But we, we talked about we, we <laughs> talked about the Dinobots on a previous episode, didn't we? And said that actually it was probable that the molds may not have been damaged because they were they were equally being remade in was it China at the time as well of like Generation Two around then? I can't even remember. Right, and they were available in Japan as mail order in the early early nineties too, without rubsol. Right. I, I forget the details of it all now, but I remember there was an argument to suggest that actually, because the, the common theory, wasn't it, about Generation 2 was that they, they didn't re-release Sludge and Swoop because the molds had been lost or damaged, but actually there was evidence that, unless it was old toys hanging around, but that seems unlikely, was that it just that they made a simple choice and said, we're, so. we're only going to do three of these five. I don't know. Uh, interesting one. <laughs> Well, so that was classics, obviously. Let's let's kind of list them a little bit. Then you've got um, one of my favourites, Collector's Edition, which to me, I have to say, is like the gold standard of, of reissue. That's Takara line from 2001, kind of onwards. Uh, and that was when they just went to town on it. You're talking about the exclusives that turned up at various shows, like you could get Trailbreaker and Hoist at one show. Right. And then, so I have to say, like, my favourites are earlier than that. It's the first run. It's the Takara's first run of reissues, the the Convoy, the Megatron, the Ultra Magnus, and Hot Rod from 2000. Because the, the exclusives of those are just still today the best, quality-wise too. There are some incredible ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are some incredible ones. Things like Six Shot and stuff as well and, and yeah. things like that are really, really nice. Um, there are some really good, aren't they? Kind of like a real... They weren't really done in a line, though, as such, were they? They were just No, kind of, they weren't. Yeah, you're right. They were just kind of a smattering of we're just going to re-release this toy kind of randomly. Yeah, um, and they weren't consistent with each other either. For example, like the trucks and Hot Rod had Japanese vintage proportion packaging. You know, they they were like that. And then Megatron had Hasbro-style packaging. It was called 16 Special because it was the Hasbro version of Megatron in the bigger flat box with all those true, stock actually. pieces and stuff. So. Yeah, I have a lot of those, and they and they for me sit very happily as the vintage versions of those toys <sighs> so on my nice. shelf. So um, just because nice. they're just the quality is top drawer, absolutely top drawer, honestly. The reissue hot rod, I mean, I have a vintage 1986 hot rod. I don't think you can tell the difference, honestly. Like, it's, it's. I'm sure, Maz, maybe you can. <laughs> I don't I think, know. You I better. think that reissue from 2000 is the best reissue there's ever been because it's mm. one of the only times where I can say, this is an improvement on the vintage. The, the way the backpack snaps into place uh, the, when you the, rotate the satisfying is, is wonderful. It, yeah. yeah, And it's only that one that does it. The first hot rod from Takara, not even the Hasbro one from a year later, the Takara one, and the clear and black repaint of that Takara one. There's something else. They're just the best reissue I've ever handled. It's very different ethos then, though, isn't it? Like with those reissues, the really early ones felt like they were just rerunning the old toys and making slight improvements. Whereas, mate, it's 22 years ago now. I know, but different I mean, world. Well, that's what I mean. Like with a lot of them now, they feel like retail toys again. So the materials, are a lot of yeah. there's a lot of cutbacks and like yeah. hugely evident in stickers. Yeah, yeah. But even like the plastics are different they use and stuff like yeah. that. There's a lot of changes because they've gone back to being retail toys rather than really expensive curios. Almost. You're absolutely right, and they they were out at a time where probably there wasn't the market for it 
kind of as a retail thing as such, do you know what I mean? For for like as a mainline toy in a funny way. Whereas yeah, with some of the the kind of more recent examples, definitely you see it in the stickers, but in other elements as well. Megatron's probably a great example of it actually in terms of how at that point it really felt like the sort of peak, if you will, of like you're never going to see this toy as good as this ever again. Mm-hmm. Probably it's always kind of some sort of compromise since then. Um, but really, really good. I have that reissue six shot and it's just perfect in every way yeah sorry to bring it up man <laughs> <It's like>, oh. <laughs> I, I nearly wavered on it this week i was oh, really thinking, you know what like i'm on the wrong side of 40 now i really need and want a six shot in my collection how many years am i going to hang around to try and get the perfect vintage i've already been looking for three four years mm. now hang on seven years now I was going to say, is it not more than that? Seven years now. I remember standing. Just by reissue, man. Standing in some bloke's living room about four years Let's ago. Let's not hear about this again. <laughs> <laughs> this dude. Yeah. With the Castle Grayskull collection. Do you know what I mean? But, that was incredible. But hey, let me um, tell you a story that properly dates these reissues, those first run. I don't know how you found out about those reissues, but I found out about them in a private chat on Napster. Wow. So I was downloading something from some music from this guy's Napster and start because I think it was a Transformers track I was downloading. Maybe it's like the 1986 movie soundtrack. And he was talking about Transformers and he said, Hey, do you do you know they're re-releasing the original toys? I was like, What? Because I'd been going to places like Offworld and, you know, buying from vintage stores, collector stores. And he just told me about the reissue hot rod. And I looked it up and I saw that there was a shop in the US that was getting a reissue Starscream, G1 Starscream. <laughs> I found out on Napster. So that's how long ago that was. That they got that's done. incredible. That really does date it. They're going to be, I'm sure, people listening to this now going, what on earth is Napster? They're like Googling Napster as they're well, hearing let them. it. Let them. That, that conversation was probably about four hours long while you were just downloading one track, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. it probably was. Probably Do you remember was. you used to have to get all the sources? God. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say, actually, the, the reissue Hot Rod, again, is a perfect example because they did the normal one, if you like, the kind of classic release, which is perfect. And then they did a black one, and then they did the crystal one, yeah. which is just amazing. It is I amazing. Mean, just so, so nice. To this day, they are amazing. Yeah. The three of them are very complimentary releases as well, just done really nicely, just in the original packaging, but they varied it up, you know, black packaging for the black one, blue packaging for the crystal one, just three stunning toys. That honestly, like I think if I was to pare my collection right down to just a handful of things, those three would all have to stay just for how good they are. But just absolutely incredible stuff. And the I was thinking of Predaking as well as being another one from that era that uh, was around that time, wasn't it? Predaking that got reissued. It was later. It was, was uh, it later? If, if, but just a few years later. Well, before they had, you know, they'd fallen into the the Dreamwave box TF collection right. reissues with the Patley art on the front. I think it was somewhere around there. I guess I had in my mind that it was early, only because it was it still has the old Takara style packaging. That's right. You know, so it still has the original kind of look and feel to the box. Because then they moved on to collector's edition, which has sort of well, all the boxes are identical, aren't they? The outer kind of box, if you like, right? Is uh, and yeah, a lot of them were convention exclusives and things like that. But all of the actual outer uh, boxes have got the sunburst look to mm-hmm. them. But the character artwork is all on a card inside the packaging, so it's quite clever, uh, clever packaging in a way because the actual outer boxes are completely re- you know replaceable they could have made millions of these things feasibly and just kind of kept reusing them it was only distinguished by faction and a product sticker on the back that told you yeah, what it was exactly and it's only the clamshell inside that then needs to be unique with the character card kind of sitting in there and i really one thing i will say about those i have looked at those collector's edition boxes so many times and thought should i recycle them 
and I just can't get to do it because they stack so blooming yeah. nicely. Do you know what I mean? They just look incredible. Isn't there like one exception, like Perceptor and so the Magnificus? There, there are some that are different. I mean, like, yeah, Magnificus and uh, Magnificus is larger. Twin cast as well, right? Yeah, there are numerous exceptions. But like, even then, it's quite nice in the, you know, the Jets are in a, a more square box, but then the Insecticons are in the same size That's box right, yeah. as the Jets, for example, the Diaclone Insecticons. And of course, you know, a lot of those went on to be released through eHobby mm-hmm. and things like that as well. And that to me is just an incredible era of reissues. Some of those eHobby yeah. releases are just amazing. We had a mail away as well, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. There's quite a lot. Old Tiger Track. Yeah, got quite a lot going there. Prize Tiger toys. Tra- but like Tiger Track, we talked about the Tiger Track packaging in a previous episode, I think. Probably in the packaging yeah. episode, I'm guessing. But that was a really nice example for me of one that looked completely different in design, but again, same exact proportions as the other car bots that were being reissued at the time. So mm. it still fits. It's really nice. Same insert, yeah. Yeah, still a kind of really nice companion release that's like, hey, this is something different, but it's still kind of part of this same kind of whole thing that we're doing here. I think that's kind of a nice way to do it that I really kind of appreciated. What's hilarious to me about a lot of those reissues from that time is that, of course, a lot of them were looked at as being non-desirable. Is that fair to say at the time? I'm thinking like your anime Astro Trains, your uh, Shining Magnuses and all of that kind of stuff you know, that people just skipped on by, didn't they? You know, yeah. even stuff like it's from around the same era, isn't it? I think like Fire Guts got Jinrai and things like that, that just people were just like, yeah, whatever. I wonder if the people who were interested in reissues at the time uh, would have been of a particular age. And I just wonder how many people had enough disposable income at the time to pick up all the reissues of the toys they wanted while still collecting vintage and also then buying the exclusives. And of course, that would have been around the time when Vinyl Tech and Masterpiece had just debuted as well, 2003, 2004. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was just people at a certain stage of their lives. I mean, I had just finished being a student at that time in 2001, and I just began working in 2002 full time. So I know I didn't have the budget to buy all the things I wanted at all. So I had to really pick and choose what I wanted. And, you know, that comes with regrets. And I'm sure there are other people in the similar positions. Would you not think as well that there'd be a, a different mentality then? Because it would have been the kids from G1 who had grown up. And like you're saying about disposable income, but at the same time, we didn't have the knowledge of Transformers now where everybody knows everything about all these different releases and they're all interesting. Whereas back then, it would have been still quite fresh for a lot of people. For a lot of people, And they would have maybe, just been yeah. wanting the toys yeah. that they owned. You for know sure, what I mean? Yeah. For a lot of them, they were looking at it going, that doesn't look like what I wanted, what I had as a kid or... And that, that would have been it because it would have just been coming back in then, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm sure that's that's a big part of it. There would have been people who looked at that Magnus and go, why on earth would I need this in yellow? You know, what's a Diaclone and why do I care? I think that's a... Yeah, totally. definitely. Yeah. I remember that's what I was like with a lot of them. Like with Astro Train, I remember going, no, no, it's not the one I just get. I, I, can, oh. I can almost imagine myself at the time thinking that of like, why do I want this this yellow Magnus and the and the other one as well when I can just have the blue and white one that I wanted as a kid and or had as a kid and that's Ultra Magnus to me. So I, mean, I was into variants at the time, but other people weren't. They got into variants later in their collecting. You know, I didn't finish G1 and get into variants. I just skipped a majority of G1 and went straight to variants. Whereas people finished G1 and then maybe some years ago got into variants, which is why now those variants have suddenly exponentially gotten more expensive, whereas they've been sitting around for years on certain websites not selling. Well, I, th- this is a real point, can I say, because I remember some years back, you and I 
um, starting to look at some of these reissues and thinking, okay, let's you know, let's get in on some of them, and, and they were plentiful. Do you know what I mean? Still, really, I mean, they priced it crap, but you know, they were they were pretty widely available. I would say, and would sit there for on certain sites for weeks, months, whatever, and nobody would bite. So you could just hoover them up. Do you know what I mean? It would just be like, yeah, okay. You know, Shining Magnus, the the movie preview Magnus, a lot of these things, Fire Guts God Jinrai, Nuclon Quest uh, Convoy, you know, all of these things that were just widely, widely available, Jafcon, uh, everything. And then suddenly, I don't know what happened, but it was like overnight, everybody kind of crept up on these three issues and just suddenly they became, as you said, ultra desirable, like overnight. The Shining Magnus, to give him his proper title, mm-hmm. so we don't have to bleep it out, is uh, is one that, you know, for so many years, people were like, what the hell is that? And now, if you see it pop up, it goes very, very quickly, I yeah. think. Or it's an astronomical price. Yeah, it's doubled in price within five years. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, you and I have had numerous conversations about this. and But it's the same with fire guts and all of those kind of things. And I just find it so weird. That that's just literally within the last five years, as you, as you suggest, that it's just suddenly taken off. Mm-hmm. Anime Astrotrain's another one, isn't it, that sat as a bit of a, um, I suppose, looked over release for a number of years. Yeah, that was probably the first to skyrocket. Actually, the first to skyrocket, I think, was Sunstorm mm. until they redid it in Encore. Yeah. But yeah, Anime Astrotrain was a very, that was the earliest. That and the eHobby minibots were the very earliest to suddenly oh, flip Those in price and people were like, oh, hang on, we've missed the boat. Quick, grab the ones that you can. I sold mine for £180, my eHobby Astro Chain, my first one. And I thought that was like, wow, I'm quids in here. Look how much I've gotten for this. Nowadays, man, you'd bite someone's hand off to get it £180. Yeah, I think if you saw it now listed at 180 it would go very quickly. So I probably sure. shouldn't mention that I got it for cheaper than that in a massive, <laughs> massive stroke of luck, plus an eBay 20% off voucher on the day. I was like, yeah. stars well, aligned. It can be done. <laughs> yeah, like it can. it can be done. I mean, the, um, the GoBots is one that I've seen go for i mean we're not even talking just over three figures we're talking yeah. like 300 odd do not own yeah. plus and it's just some ridiculous sum that i've seen them go for which was not the case for me at all again it was just a question of getting very lucky no the one you got for my birthday was really well priced wasn't it <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. indeed yeah yeah so uh, yeah i've actually been involved with two of those sets one for you and yeah both times just exceptionally lucky i think and it's just how it goes sometimes isn't it you just got to be right place right time i've seen sometimes um you get good prices on things on some sites if they're bundled with something else or something like that Mm. and it's just that people don't want the other item or whatever it is i don't know so who's to say it's just mad to me that they're just suddenly all going crazy there's an awareness change though isn't there people like i remember when i first saw that astro train i was like i knew what it was straight away and i was like oh that's cool but at that point i was just coming back into it so it was more like wanting those toys I had as a kid again. It was just very much, that was my collecting goals of getting those ones. And these were just things that existed on the sidelines. Now, years later, I like look back in a completely different way. My habits have changed. My interests have moved on. And I think there's always seems to be like a triggering event almost before these things where something will have happened, popped up somewhere in fiction or some piece of information will have come out and suddenly it changes direction. All those things will go up in price because people yeah. are like, oh, I'm interested in that now as well. Do you think it's because when they're first released, it's just like a weird version of a toy that you already know? Yeah. So it's. I mean, think of the Black Star Scream. Right. E Hobby reissue. Yeah. The black one with the grey and gold parts. I remember Very at the strange. time, a lot of us just went, what is the point of that? Yeah. It's basically Skywarp. The colors don't even make sense. It's got grey wings. I know it was based on something specific, and that wasn't really in everyone's mind at the time. It was like, Am I really going to drop 50 to 80 pounds 
for that exclusive that doesn't mean anything to me that just came out the other week. And yeah, when you're in the eye of the storm, you look at all of this really differently. But then I think what happens over time is that those weird colours take on a desire of their own, don't they? They, they become... Yeah, become legendary. Exactly. They become... Like, Fire, fire Guts is right. an obvious one for me. Best example I could think of, yeah. Which I know, I can well imagine people looking at that on release just being like, what the F? You know, but now people cover that thing and you cannot post a picture of it without people being like, oh my God, I need one. You know, and, and it has sort of taken on this legendary status all by itself. Do you know, um, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think no. another major thing is... I remember back at the time when these were being released, there were a lot of character-based collectors. Mm. There were people who didn't feel the need to get a yellow sideswipe and a black sideswipe and a white police sideswipe because like, they don't, they're nobodies. You know, that's why they didn't go for the Diaclones. Yeah. Okay, fine. E-Hobby started to give them character nice. names for the first time. Tiger Track, Clamp Down, Deep Cover. But I remember people would be after characters and they needed to complete their collections of certain years or cartoons. I feel like nowadays there are way more toy collectors, people who appreciate a mold and want it in a different color. Yeah, I think that has been a shift, definitely. Yeah, I remember when the Anthony, who runs TFU.info, was one of the first people in the fandom outside of Asia to buy a Diaclone Marlboro Wheeljack, which is nowadays known as Exhaust. And he bought it for a great price, which probably felt really pricey back then because he was a big Wheeljack fan and he wanted the variant that he was he knew about. Loads of us didn't know about it, didn't think to buy it. Nowadays, you know, Exhaust has a masterpiece. Exhaust has a yeah. Generations toy. These toys have their own legacies now from all these weird origins. So I think toy collectors exist now, whereas before there were a lot of character collectors who didn't need to expand 100%. their collection. Well, I was just going to say, it different is different colors. now because you've got things like blooming lift ticket getting a generations selects release and things mm. like that, haven't you? You know, Diaclone toys that, you know, all right, they might have been presented in a comic or they might have had uh you know some obscure convention release or something like that but now really the the main line is pumping these things out it's not even just masterpiece and and they're they're all becoming much more prevalent to the point where you know it's when you see um things like deep cover in the main line and people are like they know about deep cover and then they're like oh that's the generation one deep cover and they're referring to the collector's mm -hmm. edition release of the diaclone car if you will that first called it deep cover that's where the, the name uh, originated i think is it not deep cover was e-hobby yeah first time sorry yeah the e-hobby but it's, yeah. i still refer to that as collector's edition forgive me that still for me falls mm -hmm. under that line still in the same packaging and, and everything so yeah it is a collector's it, yeah. edition line just of, offered of only e yeah, e -hobby exclusive yeah. release but yeah so that's where then that name came from but now that's just the g1 deep mm -hmm. cover isn't it of the toy that you can now buy yeah, at yeah. mainline it's a really powerful thing though isn't it when these mm. toys get a personality like that like you're saying about the repaints the really weird ones when they're suddenly given sunlight in a comic or something yeah they get a fan base straight away and particularly if they're ultra obscure it attracts the crowd doesn't it to people people are like interested oh, as artists, and that was always weird this, to me because i was always a toy collector yeah so that was always weird to me it's like why are you now taking interest in an orange star scream now that it's got a name and is in a comic like why wasn't this appealing to you before? But I get it now, clearly. It's always the way, though, isn't it? Once they gain mm, irrelevance, exactly that's it. It doesn't stop from there and it builds. It's, and it's the same with all of the, like, these Diaclone repaints and stuff like that. And it, there's been quite a few, like in IDW, where they'll just appear yeah. for a panel and suddenly everyone's all over it and they know it. Like, look at Rotorstorm. Yeah. yeah. Rotorstorm. Yeah, Rotorstorm's a really good example, actually. We mentioned that on the like, Turbo Masters episode, how that suddenly became... But 
what you just spoke about, I was just thinking about these generations repaints and maybe this is still character-based collecting because I think a lot of people who would have wanted the reissues of the vintage versions are now satisfied to have generations recolors. So I wonder how many people buying a generations tiger track removes the number of people who would willingly have paid for an, a reissue G1 or Diaclone Tiger Track. So all those people. And I wonder if maybe that's why we don't see those kinds of reissues anymore, because the desire for them is predominantly character-based, and that is satisfied through repaints in Masterpiece and repaints in Generations. So there's no need for them to take a risk on running an old, old mold and doing it in that colour. So you wouldn't see it in Walmart, maybe. for example. I think that's what it is, and these characters then become more accessible. And like you are saying there, if people already have that, they're probably less inclined to buy sure, more yeah. expensive the reissue and stuff. Because they're not interested in toy history. Maybe they're just interested in Yeah, so that's true. Yeah. Like we say with deep cover and stuff like that, you'll see Twitter like suddenly comes to life and people make up their own stories as well. And if anything like that just suddenly catches on and you'll see someone go, there's I was just going to say, go, it's, that character? It, it's when they, they become my precious you know I mean? boy. That's when you know that they've made it, isn't yeah. it? Because they're like, they're, they've I become... I stand lift ticket. Who's ever thought that? Yeah, yeah, they, they've become a sort of accepted thing in the franchise and everything. So I was going to say, though, with the, the thing with the weird recolors is that actually it didn't really go away after ReHobby. It just kind of then morphed into something else because actually we say that right. it's been predominantly G1, but of course you could argue that it carried on in the form of things like the Universe line where you had a lot of Beast Wars toys coming out in all kinds of funky colours. You did get some Unicron trilogy. I mean, there was, you know... R.I.D. I was say R.I.D., yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some idea R.I.D. stuff as well. And, you know, I think those kind of weird, funky coloured versions, I mean, now, actually, some of that is quite desirable as well. You know, things like... Um, I was looking the other day at things like the black repaint of Beast Wars Tigerhawk that has been done, which is called... I was going to say Rampage there, but that's not right. Uh, oh, God, it's going to bug me now. I have to look it up. Someone will be someone will know when they're listening to this what it's called, but I can't for life of me. Razor Claw, that's it. Thank you. I was just trying to think to myself, it's called Razor Claw. But it was released under, um, you know, essentially a reissue line, completely different color scheme outside of the original Beast Wars line. So this is a chance to own that toy again. Like if you you grew up with Beast Wars, suddenly there are all of these weird, colourful repaints. Uh, and some of them are really nice. Some of them are out there. I mean, like, really out there. Uh, but that was a thing during Beast Wars' original run anyway, wasn't it? You know, there were recolors of well-known toys as exclusives. I think you were talking about Fox Kids, Telemocha as well. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, the, during the run of yeah. the toys, they had... Yeah, it's kind of always been a thing in Beast Wars in a funny way. But uh, I suppose that's one thing is that actually around the time that eHobby kind of, you know, sort of came to a bit of a halt, some of those weird recolors, it did actually, if anything, it just kind of got morphed into sort of mass retail toys. You know, just we we had a lot of that happening for the longest time, didn't we? Uh, And then, of course, even more recently, you get stuff like Platinum Edition and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which were pumping out more of those weird recolors, things like that. And Similarly raised eyebrows. Yeah, the weirdest ones were the Astro Train and Blitzwing, weren't they? That was strange. Still to this day, I see loads of theories about what those are meant to represent. You know, people say that the the Blitzwing is meant to be flywheels and that the um, Astro Train is meant to be from Landcross, you know, and all of that. uh, Yeah, Mac Tackle. Or possibly um, based on the Chinese Space Agency shuttles. I don't know. I've heard all sorts of stories. Yeah, same, same. Maybe someone that has probably just on acid or something, you know. Or or that. Yeah, that's... uh, I think it was predominantly a Hasbro Asia release, wasn't it? That one. I think it was, yeah. I think it then, was. of course, do you remember that six shot, which came in the special box and it had the like the chrome effect chest? That was yeah, a, and, yeah and, and the gun, guns were chrome as well, yeah, weren't they? That's correct, like that. yeah, that's right. And they, but they, they also did like Predaking, you know, and did that. In, oh, yeah. 
That's sort right. of it was like gold, wasn't it, instead of yellow. Yeah. We've had the Piranacon that we talked about and the Seacons mini yep. sewed. Yeah. I finally upgraded my Piranacon this week. Touch your subject. Yeah. Just be careful not to choke on them. <laughs> Wasn't planning on it. But if I choke no one on ever them, plans choking. <laughs> if I choke on them and I and I, you know, die or whatever, then they're inevitably going to be kept for some sort of medical investigation. So you still won't get them. Yeah, but then you won't have them either. I'll be dead, mate. So in terms of other reissue lines then, the other big one that we should talk about or mention is the Transformers collection, which started in 2003, I think it was. And these were the uh, the commonly referred to as the book box style uh, reissues, which were really popular from Takara at the time. And um, another way of getting a lot of those classic characters. So there was Hot Rod, there was Optimus, Megatron, Cup. Uh, you know, which is still the cup that I have in my collection now. Um, absolutely tons of them. Insecticons were done. Blitzwing again. Yeah. Uh, Astro Train. I think the key thing here was that this is where these reissues started to come with more stuff. Yes. Yeah. And the, and those books in the kind of book box, if you will, yeah. were super cool, weren't they? I mean, yes. I love that packaging. And and it really kind of, it, it's a funny topic in itself is kind of packaging, isn't it? Because it's like, do you prefer the kind of vintage style you know, this looks exactly or very similar to how it used to back in the, you know, whatever the day it was first released, or do you just go completely something new? And I think if you're going to do that, Transformers Collection was really kind of where it's at, wasn't it? Because it just I think it depends on the era. At the time, in 2003, it felt fresh and great, and it was wonderful. Today, it's the Walmart reissues that really did it for me and made me want them because I'm realizing there are many, many vintage toys that I'm never going to own again in box packaging. Like a vintage Devastator gift set in great condition would set me back too much. So having a Walmart one is ideal. That makes a lot of sense. I can see that. Maybe it is kind of era dependent. I think it is, yeah. But I did. I loved a lot of those TFC reissues. I remember finding Prowler in Forbidden Planet, you know, in the window, and walking past it and being like, oh my God. And just going straight in and buying it. It's really amazing. Just things like Cup for me are great because it's not only essentially a reissue of the original toy, but it's the Target Master as well. You know, you get both guns. No need to have two releases of it all of a sudden. Two guns, one cup. Yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. What else could a man ask for? So, yeah, I mean, what what were some of the other notable releases from that line? Hot Rod for the same reason. Yeah, that's kind of, that's a definitive Hot Rod in a way as well. I think if you want to reissue. Anime Starscream. Yeah, Anime Starscream was great. Big deal that was with holding the Megatron gun. That was a big deal, yeah. Megatron and Prime with the somehow squeezed Prime and a trailer into that box. And the mace and the axe for G1 mm. toys. This was the era of the extra reissue for your vintage yeah. toys. Yeah. And the Soundwave. That was the first time I'd ever yeah. owned a vintage Soundwave. I remember ordering it from Hong Kong and waiting. But it was the very first time I'd owned an actual Soundwave toy and it was incredible. And Sound Blaster, available as a yeah, reissue. Sound Blaster, Sound Blaster. I guess this was kind of at the time, though, wasn't it, of uh, Masterpiece kicking off as well. Yeah. So a lot of that extra accessories yeah, and things, they sure. would have, they, it would have been kind of cross, you know, kind of the, the, the theory of it all it was there, wasn't it? So mm. it's really, really cool era. But the Dreamwave sure. art, it's so of the time as well, isn't it? Everything, yeah. even like the little fat file and stuff. Like you were saying there, Maz, like how now it's the vintage boxes, you know, the Walmart reissues and stuff. But mm. back then there was, it, it was almost like, not that the toys had grown up with you, but like they were targeted at you as this is where you are now as an adult. And it's slightly giving them to you in a slightly different time. That makes mm-hmm. sense. But, but again, I think even then we were, I remember being bamboozled by why some toys didn't get a book box, but they got an e-hobby release. Yes. You know, so we, we had Inferno in the book box, but Grapple could only be bought as an e-hobby release. But then <laughs> we've got the Hasbro versions of those reissues, commemorative series, where you did get a, a Grapple, you know, and you did yeah, get a hoist. That's true. 
That's true. Well, I was going to say then this commemorative series, the Hasbro equivalent, which was kind of weird that it wasn't the same toys being reissued all the time as well. So, Mm. I mean, a lot of them were, weren't they? But you also got some extra ones. Yeah, things that had come out in um, in the previous Takara line, like Rodimus yes. Prime, came out. It all came out on the commemorative. One that really stands out for me actually was was Skids because Skids was a rare toy. It was a rare vintage toy, but for reasons that we've discussed in the eighty four and eighty five episode. And then all of a sudden, he was everywhere. You could get him as book box and commemorative series, and every old bugger had a Skids. Then who who wanted one? Mm. And that's the first time I experienced Skids was, was in the book box. It was what made me buy a book box. Because Prowl and Jazz were reissued again in Bookbox. It wasn't the, their first rodeo. They'd already been... No, hang on. That was the first Jazz. It was the first Jazz reissue. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. And Prowl, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but for some reason, it was the skids that really stood out as, whoa, you know, Yeah. number three. Well, still my skids now is the is the Bookbox mm-hmm. one. And it's fantastic. Really, really lovely release. Really nice. Um, I was going to say as well, uh, I still always have my eye on a, a commemorative silver streak because it's, you know, it's the, the kind of silver color. Uh, version of that mm-hmm. whereas actually uh in collector's edition i think i'm right saying you could only get the anime Correct. style blue streak couldn't you that's right so. another one another one i wish i bought <laughs> just to bring that up liam hey liam if you want to feel bad there are occasionally very rarely a commemorative streak shows up with the black hood mm. what yeah I, I i don't know if it's a product sample i know paul hitchens has one but i have seen them i don't think they're mm. Can I say though, Liam, you you're you're there going, Oh, another one I missed out on and I'm here going, Oh, another one I've linked you to about fifteen yeah. times. <laughs> oh look, look, there's a black Zarek behind him. Wonder that could have paid for a landfill and the streak, you know. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Tell this to drunk Liam when he's had a few more beers. Right. <laughs> Even drunk Liam has excuses. We we know all about drunk Liam wandering so, around conventions just getting bags full of Armada toys, honestly. <laughs> do you guys remember seeing commemorative series in Toys R Us? Because I do. I saw them everywhere. Yeah. And looking back, I just wonder why and I buy them all. Just every single one. And of how them. heavily discounted they were repeatedly. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Different era, wouldn't I mean, it? There was some different era. It was. It was different yeah. time. Because you would go into the store, and I remember that they were in store in two thousand six. Uh, so you know there were other things in two thousand six, like classics, which were suddenly like the thing, the in thing. So it was always a case of splitting budget between that. I mean, um, MP1 <laughs> was in Toys R Us at the same time as them. That's mad to think, isn't it? You know, these these are things that you would look at and say, I'd rather buy that than another Sideswipe, another... Because, you know, a lot of us had the vintage versions. We weren't going to buy a Toys R Us one, especially when they put the headlight stickers on upside down on things like Red Alert. And you're just looking at that going, well, that's not good, you know. Mm. Remember seeing the um, Power Master Optimus Prime on the shelf? Oh, Yeah. How many people now wish they'd bought those? £15 it was reduced to. I remember seeing it and kicking myself now. I mean, if you want to hear something depressing when you think about it, there's actually as much time past now as there was since that era, like that kind of reissue era as there was from that reissue era and and the start of Generation 1. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. So those... More now, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're older now than the original G1 toys were when those reissues came out. That's the absolutely insane thing about it all. And yeah, I don't know why we keep doing this, but it's it's sort of a theme of this podcast, isn't it? That's the thing that there have been so many types of G1 reissue that it's almost like it no longer feels like a thing of the distant past. They're current still. Yeah. Well, even t- even now, there have been G- yeah. G1 reissues this year. That's the thing, or t- 2021. So um, well, that's the mad thing. Balvinatron. That's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even Balvin- Balvinatron, I don't think it will be. But for all we know, that could be the next Shining Magnus 
No, I think or, it's going to go more the way of Linkin Park Soundwave. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. But you never know, do you? That's the thing. It's always something that is kind of derided in its own time that actually then goes on to become super desirable. That might but stay derided, you know, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It's always the one nobody wanted. The thing that was always dirt cheap. It's always that suddenly becomes worth a fortune later. Just imagine in 20 years' time when we're all in our 60s, just like people trying to track down a J Balventron, just, you know, paying astronomical sums for it. That would be a, that would be a thing. That's another thing with these reissues. I would not want to be getting into it now. No. I would not want to be even starting a G1 collection today. Just... You know, you'd think, oh, I could start a G1 collection today and I could strictly buy reissues and I could have a very reasonable collection. But that's actually not even true anymore. There are some toys where even the reissues, the only versions of those reissues are all really expensive. If you want a Rodimus Prime, for example, I think it was, um, was it Matt Ferguson asking this week? Yes. He was asking about uh, where would you get a Rodimus Prime reissue? You just think, oh, that, that's, that's always around. There's a commemorative. And then you look at it and you think, hang on, the commemorative is over $100 now. Oh, is and it? You look, yeah, and you look at the Japanese one, it's like, oh, that's cheaper, but still a bit tricky because you've got to import it from Japan. Mm. They're, they're still on sale, but Japanese all of a sudden that's... Then. Japanese ones. Yeah, then. all of a sudden that's expensive. And you think, well, actually, to get a Rodimus Prime, you'd have to think, is it better to go vintage or reissue? Mm. Like, it's actually a, a moment that you have to think about. Magnus is the same. Magnus now. is the same, for yeah, sure. Terrible yeah, missiles, yeah, yeah. Particularly though. some of those... Yeah. Yeah. But particularly some of those reissue Magnuses now have the same problems, you know, that they're yellow <laughs> and things like that. And it's, yeah. you know, same with reissue Prowls that, yeah. that have yellow, TFC Prowls and things like that, that yellow yes. over time. And it's... Right. Um, Astro Trains, the white yeah. Astro Trains. All, all of yeah. a sudden, white Astro Train was no longer interesting because the vintage ones would have been yellow and super expensive, but you had repeated reissues, which are now yellowing. Yeah. And where do you get an all white Astro Train now? It's actually supremely difficult. It's always the blooming lottery with reissues in some ways as well, isn't it? Because I remember tracking down a vintage Astro Train, really happy with it, supremely mm. happy, and then they blooming reissued it not six months later yeah. or something. But that's, to be honest, I don't mind that. I've got to tell you, like no part of me begrudges that or anything because I've been very lucky, realistically, in terms of that game, you know, but also fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone else gets a chance to, to have a go with it. I, so I think good. you did the right thing. I have that reissue Astro Train and it's really pretty, but the stickers are pure are garbage. Absolutely awful. Mm. They really are. That's a shame. It doesn't feel the same either. Like the flaps on the shins that you lift them, they don't feel the same. But it's beautiful. It is Astro Train and it looks great on the shelf. They've got it at my local Forbidden Planet. And every time I go in, they've got a stack of them. And it's, it's, great it's just really nice. It's like no one's buying yeah. it, which is quite sad. But the time I get to see it in the shop. Yeah. It's because they were so, done so cheap by Zavi, yeah. isn't it? Because Zavi pumped them out like 15 quid, 12 pounds yeah. or something. Yeah, it was really cheap, like fourteen ninety nine or something. Really, really cheap. And everyone got them that way. That's a mm. thing with these poxy reissues as well. There is a moment in time where they've been around and nobody wants them anymore. Like HLJ knocking out the god Jinrai for like £12 pounds or something ridiculous. Can you get your mind around that? That is the thing. I frequently, that's the comment I see about Shining Magnus is like, but I could have bought it for this. And so yeah. now why would I want to pay six times as much as that? Do you know, And that's the common thing. See those that are the same people that's... who still think G1 headmasters in box are worth 40 quid. Yeah, 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 it's true. That does colour your perception of a lot of toys, though, doesn't it? I've seen yes, it, it really cheap. And then it lingers with you every time you then have to try and rebuy a much more expensive prize. It can be hard to get over that, even though otherwise you yeah. don't get it. There's it's nothing a... you can do. But sometimes it's really Definitely, hard. unless you really pay attention and kind of keep up with what the the market is doing and the, the what the prices are doing and whatever. Unless you and you, and it does change all the time. You you know you can't assume that things are the same price that they were twenty years ago. 
So what have we got left to mention? We've mentioned commemorative, TF collection. The, the big next one then is Encore, of course, yeah, which okay. was uh, 2007 onwards, Takara Tomy. Uh, and again, kind of classic reissues. Some new toys in that, though. They did some bigger ones, so they did like Omega Supreme. Which is thanks to Tomy, isn't it? Which is thanks yeah. to the merger with Tomy. It, it was, yeah. Well. The, the Takara Tomy merger happened at that time. And of course, Tomy had the rights to it. And so that kind of came back full circle. So that was really, really cool. That's a really cool reissue, um, has to be said. And then there's things like Skylinks as well, Metroplex. Fort Max. Um, yeah, Fort, Fort Max, Fort Max, which is just, we were, you know, talking about the other night, weren't Did we? Lee? Lee? No, it was missing in uh, Gun. Uh, oh, mate. Okay, mate. just to put it in context, that gun on the vintage one goes for the same price as what we linked you to. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I don't... Are, you, are you ever going to display it with that gun? And when you're looking that at Fort Max is, in your display, gun is are you so going to in... be like, Oh, it doesn't have that little gun. I'll always know. It's the tiniest gun. It's like the most inconsequential I know. Gun. I couldn't actually see matter. it in the pictures when I was trying to work out what it was, you know, from looking at other people's You pictures. wouldn't miss it. Yeah. I guarantee you mine's going to stay in the box. It took me ages to You wouldn't to miss out. it. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't miss it. That's but to just... be honest, like we were saying, probably another one will turn up for a bit more, which is complete. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They're, they're plentiful. It's like if I'm going to go for one of those once-in-a-lifetime toys, as I think of that. Fair you enough. spent more on that thing behind you. You are really obsessed with this Black Zarek, aren't you? You've got real being in your bonnet. Because it, it represents one of the main things that people say about vintage and reissue collecting. It's too expensive. And then they turn it's like around. It's sat on one of them horns on his head. <laughs> Mate, it's just, it's it's a mental thing. It's like, for some reason, spending the same sum on a reissue, because it's a collector product, somehow sits in a different part of your psyche than buying something that's on pre-order and everyone else is buying right now and is the new shiny. Whereas that is way more available, more expensive than the thing that you said you wanted, which is available cheaper. But it's, it's missing just, a gun. And it's one of those, To man. ship it from Japan, it would probably cost more. That's what I mean. It, it moves it into a higher bracket. Uh, still, still wouldn't be that Once much. a year for a Titan for 130 quid, isn't it? Yeah, the price might be different between them a little bit. You might find that they come in the same or a little bit more, but then you've got to ask yourself, what do I want more? Yeah, yeah. But I will say, I will say that the price that you thought Fort Max was going to cost you, even with shipping, this would be about half what yeah, you thought you were going to have to pay for a Fort Max. Even with shipping, it would be about half, yeah. I think. Uh, honestly, that Encore Fort Max, I can't recommend oh, it I'd enough. I'd love to get it. I kept looking at it and thinking of the postage and stuff like that. What if it goes above £200? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would push it into a different place. It won't. We would never, know. And you're no. talking to people who have experience of buying it from that source. Yes. Telling you it's not going to be more, yeah. There is absolutely no way. That listing was cheaper than the one I got, and I didn't pay anywhere near 200 Speaking of Encore, though, they did some cool stuff, didn't they, with making toys more animation accurate? Yeah, they did. They did quite a lot of stuff, actually. I mean, that, things like Omega Supreme's kind of the one that always springs to my mind. They remolded the face on that mm. a little bit. But they did lots of really cool releases. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they did Omega Supreme, you know, again, and they kind of remolded the face. That's one I always think of. But they also did stuff like the uh, anime Constructicons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did two sets. They did the straight-up toy version of the Constructicons, but then they did an anime set as well with a remolded face, which I have which is really really cool so yeah great lines the only thing with encore was that the qc was right. quite spotty it's fair to say it's when they started to feel different isn't yeah, it? yeah noticeably different to the takara reissues that had been the previous batch yeah some of the releases are fine actually some of the like fort max perfect honestly liam taking notes perfect and i'm not just saying that it is but other toys in that encore line are 
a bit shabby. It's fair yeah. to say. Trailbreaker. Yeah, yeah, Trailbreaker. You know, Trailbreaker, Ironhide, Ratchet, those mm. toys, actually. And I have seen in hand, like, let's say Ironhide is a good example. I've seen in hand an Encore Ironhide, even some of the cool color ones that they did, like the black one and things yeah, like yeah. that, which are really cool. They'd also the um, the 2007 oh, yeah, yeah. movie one, green one, uh, you know, G1 toy. And uh, But when you compare them to the collector's edition Ironhide, no comparison as to which is the better made toy. And you really just need to see them in hand because photos would not tell you that at mm-hmm. all. You wouldn't get it. But when you see them lined up next to each other, it's night and day, frankly. So I have the Iron Hydra Ratchet. I'm very, I'm very happy with those, but the Trailbreaker is really bad. And I remember mm. it was so disappointing. The stickers are horrible. It just doesn't yeah, go yeah, together. Yeah. Like his little backpack, if you look at the hinge, it doesn't go on both sides of the peg properly. So one of them is always lean off. So as soon as you turn it, it just falls off. It's just like a really... Right horrible toy i mean they changed the visor for that didn't they They changed the color do they change that to blue it's blue now yeah but it's also yeah, got one of the weird mysteries it's got hoist shoulders so did they rebuild it from hoist mm, maybe i was wondering about that because that was the thing i noticed when i was putting on the stickers because you remember trailbreaker has those red stickers that go over the flat shoulders don't they hoist has okay. a screw which sticks up slightly but i think they both had original variants they both probably came in both styles oh. Because, you know, there were running changes between 84 and 85. So yeah, I was just thinking perhaps changed. they retooled Hoist or something. I don't know. Maybe that's the only tool they had. So they just worked back. Yeah, yeah, very lightly. I seem to recall, actually, I've got the collector's editions versions of both. And I seem to recall they're the same. I could be wrong. You can tell me because I've been trying to find this out. And I cannot find pictures of the collector's edition ones to find out whether he's got the flat G1 toy Trailbreaker shoulders. I'd need to check. I'll, I'll send you a pic later, but I'm pretty sure they're the same. But the thing is, like, Trailbreaker would have come out in 1980. I mean, even the 1984 Trailbreakers, there are different versions of them like you can get two with different fists from 1984 so then when 1985 came around if they updated the molding it would have gone into trailbreaker and hoist so if someone's sitting there comparing their vintage trailbreaker with the reissue and saying oh the reissue is more like this one than that one it just depends which one you had yeah. see i fell down that rabbit hole of looking and i couldn't find a vintage one with those shoulders anyway i mean this is me so probably like two minutes of looking but uh it's just one of those weird things and it's because those red stickers on the shoulders they they're such a visual part of him to me like how i remember him is those stickers mm. and it was just looking at it going oh you can't actually apply them on this it was such a weird moment i think those red stickers are there's originally a printing mistake with those you should have only applied the square red border not yeah, the that's, solid inside that's all there is on this yes yeah. it's the border I think that's how it was always meant to be yeah it's it's like the outline yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 a hard one to apply as well but yeah, Encore, generally speaking, I think is a mixed bag. Some great ideas, some great releases. Yeah, Twincast is mega. I was just going to say, yeah, Twincast and Sound Blaster are incredible. I think really nice. And again, that's where the, the characters come from as well that have now been popularized. So I'm talking about stuff like uh, Wing Thing was in there, of course, although Stripes. he actually was from the Action Master as well, but still. Uh, Stripes is in there. Yeah, Night Stalker, mm-hmm. um, Enemy as well, right. you know, who's now become more of a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting that actually some of those are or, or started out as reissues or actually a lot of these characters that were had a place previously, some of them, you know, like Enemy did in, in Microchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say in Dark and then I knew you would have pulled the face. Wing Thing uh, was from Action Masters, right? It was, yeah. So the Action Master Soundwave had a Wing Thing, Orange Bat, and then they did one as a cassette, which is kind of cool. But then Stripes was, you know, a new thing, for example, and then they made it into a masterpiece and now with Balvinatron as well. We used to, we also had like Kiss Players related reissues of G1 too, didn't yep. we? We had we the, did. the three cassettes and the, and the Meteors as well that came out as yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, there's I mean, there's lots of little weird ones to the side, isn't there? So. Shattered glass ones as well. I mean. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Indeed. There was a time where it felt like there was not a trick to be missed. And yet you look back now and there were so many gaps. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, then you kind of move on past Encore to stuff like actually the fact that Classics and Universe both had reissues under their lines. And we talked about this in the Classics episode, actually, didn't we? And said that actually the the main core of it is like, what, 11 toys or something. Mm. But then there were actually tons of um, like re-releases and things that came out of that, like Pepsi Optimus Prime is technically part of that uh, line, which is weird. Um, you know the all of those Unicron trilogy like little Legends class sort of size toys, isn't there? Right, exactly. Yeah, there were some UT stuff as well. So, uh, which is really really funny. Uh, you've got I think there was a commemorative edition uh, Soundwave as well, which came Correct. out around that time. So, yeah, I think it's technically classics packaging. Yeah, yeah, it's the one yeah, I have. Really really strange. So the, the word... one has the big uh, chest door. He does. Yes. He has the sound yeah. blaster one. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you go through universe. It's a similar thing. And then we're kind of back onto platinum edition, which I know we talked a bit about before. But actually, it's worth saying that platinum edition was just such a weird thing. I mean, when you look yeah. at it, there was all of the year of the uh, the year of the Chinese New Year releases. Mm-hmm. You know, so the year of the snake, year of the horse. Uh, year of year the, goat, the goat year of the rooster that was the laser prime wasn't it the goat uh, was, was laser goat, the goat <laughs> was it laser was the laser prime yeah was the it was That's the a patreon tier yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah indeed indeed but they did some really cool stuff actually which people even forget about i mean of course there was the the classic one is the year of the horse optimus prime which mm. i wouldn't necessarily call a reissue was that was the mp10 uh, re-release that a lot of people really got into but they did actually do some unicron trilogy stuff in that as well like they did the omega supreme they did the big star scream again, didn't they? They did. they did the big star scream. They did the Energon Optimus Prime as well uh, in new colors. So yeah, and they did. Um, I think was it the Air Attack Optimus Primal they did as well. Right. Titanium uh, from... Rodimus Prime was in there. In Galvatron. Oh, I don't remember that one. There's like a weird Autobot City set or something like that. And it's that Rodimus Prime, and I'm sure it's is it the classic Galvatron or the Universe Galvatron or something like that. It's just as two bad toys in a box, basically. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know when they, uh, that you get those leaks where you get the t- Toys R Us codes? That one's just like one X, two bad toys in a box. <laughs> two bad toys in a box. Deluxe class. Why do I feel like there's a t-shirt in that somewhere? Honestly? It's something else that's fallen out of Liam's brain. Just to be emblazoned, immortalized on a t-shirt forever. Old. In Japan, it's called Sons of Cybertron over here. It's two bad toys in a box. Two bad toys in a box. <laughs> Fantastic. How do you not work in marketing, Liam, honestly? Because he has the direct opposite effect on the yes, exactly. <laughs> it's desired. That's a way of things make, making things sound really bad. Oh, dear. Well, talking of bad toys, I mean, uh, let's be fair. That whole Platinum Edition reissues, there were some real stinkers in there, weren't there? Like the, the cone heads. Oh, the cone heads were terrible. Yeah. Massive copyright tampo on the inside of the leg. I mean, it looked really bad on Ramjet. It was just like... Ah, it was terrible. Fists didn't go on. Yeah, they were just. But and then the that's... factory stickers had ended up on the sticker sheet. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't want to apply those. It's a real shame, though, that actually for some people, or maybe even a lot of people, that will be their experience of those G1 yeah. toys. And they well, if they could think... afford them, do you remember how well, much they yeah. cost? Well, actually, you say that, but then they got dirt cheap, didn't yeah, they, for a like long time? They, they, they got slashed down. Yeah, I remember seeing them, though, go for less yeah. than 20 quid. I, I'm yeah. sure the they blast, were doing the around. The set got really cheap. Yeah. At TF Nation one year, they were absolute stacks of them as you came in the yeah. door. But yeah, yeah, do you yeah. know what's weird about that cone headset, though? What? Is you know how all the reissues of the Seekers now have the 18 foot long missiles that they come mm. they're all stupidly oversized the platinum set because thrust is the only one with the missile launchers his are the original Correct. tiny size yeah that's a good point we've had the long missiles for ages now either side of it it's yeah. really strange that 
that one they just seem to either ignore. Well, maybe because it, if it was a Hasbro Asia reissue, maybe that's the yeah. thing because oh, it, be. it wasn't directly intended for the for the US or UK market. Like, they had it in Toys R Us here. I remember it was there for Asia. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and the Insecticon box mm-hmm. as well. Did anyone ever get to mess around with the Perceptor's little slideshow box, the little light box that it came with? I think so. Okay, because that was an extra that was put into the Platinum Edition one. No, no, never saw that. I'll have to check it out. So the one Platinum Edition that I do have, which I think is good, actually, is Triptychon, which oh, was was a that. nice, that was a nice reissue. The only downside of it, I would say, is that they blooming put all the stickers on it, so it came pre-stickered, and it wasn't quite what I would term 6.0 grade. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could have done a better job of stickering this thing than, than you know, how it was done in the factory. But that's okay. It's still, do you know what? It's way, 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 way cheaper than a vintage Triptychon. Do you know, that? that's um, that's a good pro tip for this, isn't it? When they reissue a city bot from G1, buy it. Yeah. yeah. Metroplex, Omega Encore Supreme, Metroplex. Fort Max, Triptychon, they all end up regrets if you don't get them at the time. The on- Even Skylinks. You know, the Encore Metroplex. These big guys. It was a real you know, shelf warmer at the time. It, I remember when yeah, it, it was It's just absolutely everywhere because no bugger wanted it. And it was insane to me because it's one of the coolest Generation 1 toys in many ways. Mm-hmm. It was reissued with the really nice chrome thighs, yeah, rubber, wheels. Uh, rubber wheels and all of that. You know, It's like the best version of that toy as well. Mm. And I have it. It's my Metroplex in my collection. It's really nice. It's as good a Metroplex as I would ever want. And, um, you know, nobody wanted it. And I just think that's mad. But yeah, I would totally recommend it to anybody now. One of the really fun things about the Platinum toys was Perceptor, Blaster and Triptychon on UK shelves. It was just, you know, toys you never saw. Right. It just felt like there was this brief period of time where they were almost like right in these wrongs years later. Yeah, a little bit. It's really nice seeing them in Toys R Us. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, So then after the old Platinum edition, uh, then I guess you're really into the kind of more recent Walmart area, aren't you? With, you know, with all the kind of more recent reissues that we've seen. And uh, that seems to have stopped now i think it's fair to say it's yeah it does seem that way yeah because obviously yeah. they they then moved on to reissuing titans return toys yeah in g1 style packaging most recently the kind of retro reissues yeah. or whatever I, yeah. I think i was told that walmart were really angry because they had you know like bankrolled these reissues to be completely exclusive and then there were like uh, online retailers in the uk getting them first and they were really annoyed about that, which is why the Optimus Prime never made it to you know online retailers in the UK the way the others had, because they'd gotten really upset about the fact that these were popping right. up elsewhere earlier than supposed to be on their shelves. That was the Optimus without the trailer, wasn't it? That was just the cab. Correct, which is a beautiful curio, yeah. which I've, I'm so happy with. I was like, what a great thing that is. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I wish I'd have bought one of those as well. That's such a nice little tiny box and stuff like that. It is, and it has the original Hasbro Prime art, which none of the previous reissues did. We thought that art was gone and it was always convoy the japanese g1 art which is like a little bit different but no this has the original hasbro prime art on it long smokestacks as well hasn't yep. it they've gone back to that's those. cool lovely no they've, d- they've done yeah, they've done that well right. uh, i really liked a lot of the walmart stuff that they're pumping out i don't have many of them i got the devastator but not many of them Soundwave, i've got i think those are the only two but you got quite a few of them didn't you miss i got them all apart from blaster and, right. and it's typical because it's that thing you do when they're in stores at the moment. You just think, I'll just buy it later. I'll just get it later. I'll just get it later. And Blaster is, of course, the last one. What happens to the last yeah. one in a line? It will usually just vanish. They're still around now. I just need to get off my ass and get one in great condition. And that's me done with the Walmart stuff. Because I would love to have a Blaster. And I love the way they look in that G1 packaging. It's Right now, it is exactly what I want in a reissue. I don't want fancy new packaging. I want that vintage Hasbro packaging, which is why the Starscream is perfect for me. 
The hot rod yeah. is lovely. I don't have a G1 hot rod box at the moment, just a Target Master one, but not the proper hot rod box. I think for me, the the only thing I'd say with the Walmart ones, they did look great in the boxes. I just kind of felt like it was a bit of a shame that it was all the same stuff being reissued again. You know, it so was like a another bit, yeah. another Optimus, another Blaster. Yeah, another Star Scream. Another Star Scream. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it is like. Carded minibots were nice, though. Carded minibots were nice. And I cassettes. Did, I did get. Did I get one of the minibots? I did get one of the minibots. Um, can't remember which one now. There I like go. that they keep reissuing them. I, I think it's quite nice that those sure. toys stay yeah. alive. Sure. Every Transformer is. Every toy is some but, kids first. And it's just. There's what? just something nice about knowing those toys are still. Even but though I already own them. Headmasters. Do you know what I mean? Or like. Oh, yeah. or something like that. Just something that is never been done. Just I'm just throwing it out there. Like you're gonna do those retro ones that are like such a blooming tease, honestly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? To see them with the classic artwork and the classic um oh it wasn't different artwork, wasn't it? But still with the retro still make the, you pause on eBay, don't they? When yeah, you see them, like, every time oh, no. every time you see them, mint and sealed box, brainstorm, you know, or whatever, and you look at it and you think, oh, is it? And no, it's not. It's the reissue. I was going to say, do you remember the, the collective intake of breath the first time the images dropped on Twitter or whatever it was, and everyone totally. was like, oh, and then it was fo- followed by, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's they're an insanely cool thing all by themselves, but why not great just reissue? Toys. Yeah, but well, sure, but why not just reissue the G1 toys to go alongside them? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would have just been sort of perfect somehow, or even later stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of G1 beyond the things that. Maybe are, it's because they'd done a three-line toy yeah. of headmasters. They just thought we'd just let it lie for a bit. Maybe. But, you know, like I, I'm not, I mean, all right, maybe not pretenders, but I'm just kind of looking around at the old shelves and just thinking of other stuff that they could reissue. I don't know. There are power masters. Do you know yeah. what I mean? What, whatever. But just, I don't know, vary it up a little bit. Something that's never been reissued. Walmart could really do with doing Magnus. I think that would be really nice. Which ones? Magnus. Just G1 Magnus ah, would right, be great. Yeah, yeah. The correct missile. Because mm. I have the reissue and I, I, I did that stupid thing, you know, of trying to trim them to make them fit and yeah. it went very wrong because they're keyed I on the end did, they've changed as well they're keyed on the end so they can only fit in the launcher with the the mm. tip crap design all of it look vintage magnus missiles and launchers are not rare no i sold mine straight after without realizing that bought one with the long missiles <laughs> like an idiot like oh god so i never took it out of the box we should also mention the smattering of other weird reissues we got well not weird but you know like the micromaster combiners land cross i was just gonna say dinosaur yeah. combiners cassettes dino cassette yeah i mean Th- those, those dino cassettes that was the weirdest of all that yeah, was just really like was. they're reissuing what you know, yeah. it's, that was like, is it April Fool's? It was really yeah. like bizarre, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> With the Generations or Studio Series Bumblebee. Yeah, like, what? what a weird way to do it. Some nice touches though. Love that they did them in clear colours, but man, even though they, they messed them up and got the moulding wrong, QC issues, they're still terrific and I'm thrilled that they did them. The lengths they went to in building entirely new moulds for them as well, because they're yeah. not old moulds repurposed or anything. They built them from the ground up, didn't they? With wooden models and stuff like that. It's crazy. <laughs> The Transformers will return after these messages. Right, well, it's that time of the episode where we're going to discuss our sponsors, plural, now, which is very exciting. So we're going to take a look at tfsource.com, first of all, and as ever, take a look at what they've got in stock right now, coming up for pre-order and all of that kind of clobber. Some really exciting stuff at the moment. They've just got in stock. Uh, obviously, I've got my answer with the Masterpiece stuff going on. So they've just got things like old Reboost going on there, which is uh, has just arrived for me, actually. Absolutely loving that toy at the moment. And Thundercracker as well, which I've yet to open. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Things like Fans Hobby Cap just come into stop, uh, stock, I should say, as well. Never mind um, all of that. 
MPG02 train bot Getsue from Raider wow, just yeah. has squashed everything this week. Absolutely, which is up for pre-order on tiersource.com now as well. Uh, we, although, interestingly, I couldn't see Getsui on the front page anywhere. It's there under bestsellers. Uh, yeah, you've got to scroll down a little bit. Yep. There it is. There it is. Well spotted. Uh, yeah, absolute killer of a thing. That is. <laughs> right next to uh, Moon Studio Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a weird one, isn't it? Weird timing. But mm. uh, hey, you know, there is uh, quite a price difference between them. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one to see what people kind of opt for ultimately. Uh, but I think the Takara set just is shaping up really nicely. Yeah, and those um, those pictures of Shuki that came out this week in the packaging as well, just, oh yeah. my God, crumbling. Are you in on it at this stage? I think I will be. As soon as I find the funds, I'm down for it. I can't not own those those toys they just look so perfect they, they talked didn't they about kind of spacing them out a little bit over time so potentially yeah. you know it might be a little bit of a break now till the next one i don't know uh we'll have to see but yeah really really exciting anything caught your eye liam yeah they've got the upgrade kits for earthrise scorpionock in and i've been looking for those raiders because uh, they, yeah. they disappeared they've also got that jurassic park transformer set in for quite a cheap price you're gonna get another one another two yes uh i will be at some point yeah i need one in the box so it's, you know. <laughs> And then I need do. a second car Absolutely. out of the box. I've got both of cars. And then, of course, there's the uh, Turtles party wagon with the pizza wheels. <laughs> still there. Still he's, there. he's got that on the way already. It's still there. Got to be pizza wheels, though. Definitely. Those uh, Scorponok upgrade kits are really good, actually. The third one, which I can see there, the kind of leg extenders, I haven't opened yet. But the other two... Uh, with like the the you know extra guns and bits and bobs, that's really really nice, really good sets. So definitely worth looking into. So yeah, lots of stuff on tiersource.com there for pre-order. So do check them out for all your transformers and third-party needs. Uh, and then also worth mentioning our second sponsor, isn't it? Which is gearforgeeks.co.uk. And uh, if you're not familiar with their site, and uh, obviously if you're in the UK, you might be, but they have. Uh, lots of toys so it's not just transformers they do lego and gi joe and masters of the universe my little pony star wars uh, all of that kind of stuff even uh, like mcfarlane toys and things like that warhammer i think is on there as well uh maybe that's where henry cavill gets hit so i don't know but uh and then they do uh bless henry cavill sticking up for his his nerd hobbies i'm well into that honestly what a what a dude so just uh been repping the collecting scene i really like it uh anyway they also do lots of pre-owned toys which is the bit that we're going to look at today uh so under pre-owned transformers i was really impressed actually with a lot of the stuff they've got in stock yeah it's it's the fact that you can get a vintage g1 joyride power master on the same page as yes Energon Rodimus and like a, a very new generations toy, the Black Roichi, but pre-owned. So it's one of the few places that you can actually get really recent toys, but pre-owned. Yeah, from a reputable seller. I was just going to say, I can see a real benefit to it, like that Black Roichi, that Generation Selects version. The fact that you can just get it pre-owned, quite cheap. Do you know what I mean? Versus, I mean, what it would cost you new at a time when Black Zarek is landing on everyone's doorsteps. Exactly, I, perfect timing for it. And you know, if you want to save yourself a couple of quid, buy it from a reputable source. Then it's a really good option, I think. They've also got uh, old Siege Red Alert on there as well, but with the upgrade kit pre-installed so that's pretty cool keep your eye on it Maz. they might get a second hand black zarakin because you clearly really want one for the amount of times you talk it'll about probably it. be yours won't it it'll probably be yours when you see the next shiny or whatever <laughs> drunk liam does next drunk liam buys Fort Max. no sorry sober liam sells what drunk liam buys yeah that's it that's a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah just the, maybe the lifestyle pictures of him one on the front one on the back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have to wear it as a sandwich board at TFN. Yeah, indeed. Standard just going... Just like a rotatable (laughs) T-shirt. It's going to be the symbol flip in real... (laughs) Exactly. 
But uh, yeah, I think I'm buying this. Uh, they've got a Energy on Inferno on there. Really Are you going to get it? And I think I'm actually going to buy it, yeah, because I've been after buying one for ages. I just need to message Morg to find out what it's It's a good missing. toy, man. It's a good toy. You should get, you're going to get to try and, they've also got the hot shot, actually. I was just going to say, you're going to track down a hot shot as well. Turn him into pants. Yeah. Or, well, he turns into pants or Inferno turns into pants. I think actually I prefer, I think I prefer hot shot as the pants. I think it works better, but that's just, you know, that's my preference. You go your own way. Uh, but yeah, the fact that you can also get a G1 Joyride is pretty cool. Looking at uh, classic sideswipe. My recommendation would be the Generation 1 Vintage Wide Load Throttle Bot. Yes. On the second page for £9.99. That's Looking a, quite nice as that's well, a good I would one. say. That's a good one. You can get some Beast Machines toys on there as well, and Beast Wars. Uh, there's a G1 Octane there as well for a tenner. Uh, that's not bad, is it? So yeah, loads of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that, as I say, is gearforgeeks.co.uk. Big thank you to them for coming on board as our second sponsor alongside tfsource.com. So yeah, check them out. tfsource.com, gearforgeeks.co.uk. Thanks to both. We now return to the Transformers. Okay, so to get back onto the topic of reissues then. So we kind of covered off all of the different lines and kind of, I guess, um, uttered some preferences when it comes to which of the lines we thought were best and things like that and some specific releases. Uh, I guess now I'm interested to hear. I mean, obviously, I, t- I take it from the discussion that all three of us collect some kind of reissues. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely pick up quite a few. For sure, yeah. Maz, you're, you're someone particularly, I know that you would always, I think I'm fair to say that you would prioritize a, a vintage copy over a reissue. Is that fair to say? Or Sometimes, yeah. Um, for 1987, I've tried to. That's why I haven't got reissue six shot yet. And that's yeah. why I probably haven't fallen as deeply in love with my Encore Fort Max as you have. But time changes all things. And I think as time goes on, you just ask yourself, well, do I really want to pay double for a vintage that's probably, you know, more likely to get damaged and it's worse if it does than just, like you said, go out and buy a reissue six shot that's perfect and ready to go and be enjoyed the way I want to enjoy it. But yeah, no, I have plenty of reissues. And I know when I got back into vintage, apart from 87, I was just happy to, like, I'm still looking for a G1 Hound for my collection and I would go um, reissue. No problem there. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess for me, it really depends on the reissue because there are some things I would Definitely. only pick up as a vintage and there are some things that I would only pick up as a reissue. So I, I suppose my blanket rule is if a reissue exists, I'm very likely to get that over the vintage most times mm-hmm. because it's, you know, like Fort Max is a great example. Absolutely very easy to find as a reissue versus yeah. the vintage, which is just going to be virtually impossible. Well, not impossible, but a headache, let's say. But then there are times where actually the reissue just isn't as good. So like, I think for me, you know, a good example is those Coneheads. If they only existed as a Platinum Edition reissue, I would get the vintage just because I know mm-hmm. that the quality difference is going to be so yeah. varied that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't bother. And the Collector's Editions ones are really expensive. Well, like, so I have the Collector's Edition, uh, Collector's Editions ones and they're fantastic. But yes, yeah, now but they are, yeah. they're amazing. But now they go, because they were a show exclusive as well. So now they go for uh, silly money. So yeah, for sure. So that's also a consideration. They didn't do a dirge, did they? No, they did do a dirge. They did all three. Yeah, they did all three. Really, really nice. No, um, hang on. I don't think there was a Collector's Edition dirge. There was a Hasbro dirge. No, there definitely was, man. There definitely was. I have it. Yeah, do you know what? I'm confused because there was no vintage Takara Dirge. Right. They only did a mail away in a Hasbro box. 
which is why they had to do a collector's edition of it. There you go. <laughs> there there you go. No well, that's probably why yeah. Dirge actually, I think, was the was the hardest to to find, or certainly one of the one of the, the you know the kind of really difficult one. So that's probably why. I love the fact we are where's Dirging ourselves here as well. <laughs> yeah. This whole conversation. Yeah, where, where is it? Comes from. <laughs> it was always bloody Dirge would always get shafted. He got shafted as a PVC. He ended up as a, sh- a chase. Then it was the collector's edition was done. It was the last masterpiece to come out as well of the Jets. And no one ever asked Takara, do they? They're not like, hey, Takara, where's Dirge? You know, it's, maybe they should be. I actually did ask them at the end of my Where's Dirge article. Yeah, right. You did, didn't you? <laughs> I did you? it yeah. to them. <laughs> you did. It was the masterpiece Dirge that started all of that, yeah, as I recall. It was. Cheers, Ronnie. There are people who don't collect reissues at all, though, aren't they? Like, they won't yeah, even yes, acknowledge oh, their existence. Man. Dude, the hate that I know some vintage collectors have for reissues, and it's, it's, from, it's 20 years old now, that hate. I mean, we were just having a little laugh before coming online about some of the 15-year-old Bayformer hate that hasn't gone away. But there is vintage purists. For example, they're just so upset at the fact that some of the vintage things they have in their collection will no longer retain their value. You know, it's it's a bit of a, it's a very personal complaint. I, I get it in some ways because like those dino cassettes, I can only imagine that when they were reissued that there must have been people that had tracked down those original dino cassettes that they saw the reissue and they were like, oh, do you know what I mean? Because you are, yeah. are going to think that probably, aren't you? So Yeah, but there are very few reissues that have taken a, a hit financially yeah. that they haven't recovered from. There are very I was, few. I was going to say, I was, I was trying to think as well, because like the classic that people often talk about now, with the, particularly with the new HasLab, is Star Saber. You know, and if they reissued G1 Star Saber, how would I feel about having the original? I'd be happy for it, I think. Do you know what I mean? I'd like to think so anyway, because it doesn't change the product that you have in your collection, does it? You still... No. That still has its own value. It's, it still has its own unique yeah. thing. And you've had it for so long. Yeah. yeah. When you work out the amount of months and time, like the money. Yeah. As yeah. long as the value to you isn't the fact that you have it where most people don't. If that's where your value system is, then I can see why reissues would upset you because all of a sudden you're not one of 100 people as opposed to one of 10,000 yeah. people who have it. I guess it's not a consideration for me because to be completely honest, that thought hadn't even entered my brain of like, oh no, more people will have the toy that I have. You know, <laughs> That hadn't even occurred to me uh, as being a, a problem. I guess there are other ones though, like, you know, Black Zarek is probably an interesting one, you know, where if they reissued G1 Black Zarek tomorrow, would I be pleased or not? I'd probably, I'd probably get the blooming reissue as well, man. Yeah, or Leo Kaiser, because you can actually play with it. Yeah, right, exactly. It's still kind of nice to have the vintage thing that is like its own thing. But having yes. a, having a, any of those GPS toys being reissued with perfect plastic now right. would just be a gift, I think. I'd, I'd be well up for all of Doesn't that. Doesn't that take us on to the whole thing of maybe what is the argument against reissues because many reissues haven't been perfect? Well, I, I suppose that's the point. Like that, That's why I specifically went for yeah, yeah, yeah. a vintage Godfire convoy. Yeah. Which are then broke <laughs> instead of going for the yeah. new one, the Uncle. That is what I was saying before, though, was that there are examples of toys I would get the vintage of because yeah. the reissues suck. You know, it's, it's specific yeah. examples of crappy reissues that yeah. you just know it's not going to be as good. Uh, I mean, the one for ages, wasn't it, was Jazz, which they just couldn't reissue yeah. it with a decent face on it. They kept right. they kept fluffing the face um, and things like that. So there are examples out there. It has been done, actually, but there are examples out there. The thing is, though, the Encore is a different colour, slightly yes. different blue to the vintage. So if you want that classic Jazz look, it's still, you know, if you want a Jazz which says Martini on it with the original blue with the right face, 
you're going to pay a lot because that's yeah. become horrendously expensive. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny, like actually the existence of reissues has almost given some toys a license to go really high in price because they are now one of a number of versions of a toy and people are becoming character completists. So to get a particular version of a particular release of a toy can actually take on a life of its own and suddenly that version becomes tricky. Yeah, I guess in that respect, reissues are a benefit and a non-benefit, aren't they? They have a a kind of double-edged impact on it. So I can understand why some people are against the idea. Can I? I'm saying that and then I'm thinking, can I understand it? For Transformers, a lot of them have recovered in value. But if you look at Macross, vintage Macross, these were multiple hundred moving into thousand dollar toys. The 155s, the Jetfire likes, mm. or other Jetfire is derived yeah, from yeah. them. A Macross alike. Yeah, so getting a Super Valkyrie, the white one, which has got the same head as Jetfire, but with the black and yellow highlights and with the gray armor was a massively expensive thing. Except then they reissued it with the Super Armor. And so all of a sudden, anyone who wanted it could get it with beautiful tampos instead of water slide stickers and in excellent condition, not yellowed, with improvements. And it's like, that's the way to go. And suddenly the value of vintage Macross plummeted. If you look at like the Insecticons, they're so dirt cheap all the time because there have been so right. many reissues. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say earlier about the people really hating reissues is I sold uh, two vintage ones and a reissue on eBay a couple of years ago. And when he got it, he was so angry. He just kept calling it a fake. And he's like, he knew it was a reissue, but he was just so angry. He's like, I consider them fake. I've never, I'd never yeah, come across that kind of like real. See them as a different thing. Yeah, it's a like mad. outrage about it. That's like yeah. very, very. I've similar. heard from so yeah. many collectors who work like the same way. I say I don't want a repro in my collection. That they don't want even a reissue in their collection. They just see it as the same, same thing. Yeah, I love the idea of keeping it all distinct and being able to distinguish between them. Like one of the things I hate about the counterfeit market is how how far you have to go to ensure that the Constructicon gun you have is vintage. And can you even now? Yeah. Like cassette weapons. like Mixing parts, I don't agree with. I think if you're going to, you know, because you get that sometimes with with reissues and things as well, don't you? Because you get the reissue weapons from a particular release. People mix them with the vintage specimens, sell it on, you know, just to have a complete thing. That I definitely don't agree with. And I think that people need to be and certainly should be very upfront about what they're selling. I think, and certainly listings these days, you get it more and more, don't you, where you said about the KOs, but sometimes with reissues as well, where people are purposely misleading, I would say, about, you know, about what they're selling. But that has actually led to more reputable long-time vintage dealers almost becoming islands of trust. Yes. I mean, if you wanted a vintage toy, you'd go to Paul Hitchens and you'd be like, I know you can give me a vintage toy. And it's almost given them license to charge more for vintage because buyers are now getting a a level of certainty and peace of mind that they can't get on eBay. Well, they can spot this stuff as well. They actually know, like Paul, you know that he instantly knows what he's talking about and can spot a a reissue versus an original version or whatever and knows the heritage heritage of it all. So you're almost paying for that service, I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, you are. So it's fair to say. Okay, so definitely some downsides to reissues. Some massive upsides as well, though, fair to say, right? Yeah, the chance to own toys you never would have owned otherwise. Dino cassettes are a great example, QC or not. I never would have owned a set of vintage Dino cassettes. No chance. So the fact that I now have them, box ticked (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. How many people have come into the fandom through walking through a shop and seeing a reissue on a shelf and it going, Mm -hmm. I had that as a kid, and picking it up just as an interesting curio or something and just being like, wow, this is cool, taking it home and then slowly falling down the hole. You you have to hope, don't you, that that Walmart 
um, all those Walmart reissues have done that. It's, it's a great point for sure. So, but even if they didn't like the amount of people that must have seen it, even if they didn't buy it and just smiled for a minute and gone, "Oh, cool, I used to love Transformers," and you just think stuff like that, it's like really underappreciated. I like stuff. Like yeah, that. I like stuff like that. But I noticed that a lot of those people who would have wanted to get into vintage complained about the prices of those toys, even though a lot of them went on half price discount pretty soon. Distribution wasn't there. So a lot of people who wanted vintage prime and would have bought the cab were just outright saying no to $50. Whereas I was sitting here as a vintage collector, lover of all reissues and lover of variants. And I thought $50 for a G1 prime in a prime style box without the trailer that's amazing <laughs> i must admit i can get that though because i mean i was going to also talk about the beast wars reissues that have come up now again just kind of to bring us back to that and you know the prices of those i mean they are fantastic you know they're, they're really really good but you know like scorpionock is a good example the beast wars scorpionock that's just been released now uh you know the price of it it's it's a bit extortionate actually i would say because even taking into account inflation and all of that kind of stuff it's more than you would have paid back in the day for it, you know. And, and yes, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're either going to look for the vintage one, which is a flawed toy, flawed release. It's probably likely to have loose ball joints by this point, and the little cyber V thing doesn't clip in. They have fixed some of that on this. It's got a new paint job and everything as well. So there are benefits to it being a reissue. But still, yeah, I can understand why people look at it and go, whoa, that's a lot more than I paid for it back in the 90s, you know, and it's um, it's a turnoff for some people, for sure. So and I think you really have to want to board that reissue train at that point. Yeah, I think as people who are considering dipping their toe in as a non-believer, maybe like I would have bought the Primal. I was in Smith's in the UK and when was it now? I can't even remember. I think it was October. And I saw the the reissue Primal and Megatron, and I would have bought the Primal. The only thing that put me off was the price. Right. I would have really liked to have gone home with a, a reissue Primal. It would have been a great thing to have. That's the thing. But it's they're almost just like £10 too expensive in some mm. cases. Do you know what I mean? Or $10 or whatever. I don't know. But it's just that little bit too much. It's a really conflicted market, though, isn't it, reissues? Because on the one hand, it's nostalgia targeted at people who may yes. not have seen it. But on the other hand, it's targeted at collectors. So it's got to yeah. hit this middle ground. So... So a lot of the time they don't seem to satisfy anyone like the Beast Wars ones because they're either too expensive for casuals, a bad word, but you know what I mean? Like right. less committed fans, but, but for collectors at the same time. They're not entry level, are they? No. That's what I mean. It's not like just a first taste and you sucked in. But for collectors on the other hand, they don't have that kind of luxurious feeling or anything that they want from something like that. It doesn't feel exactly like the original. A lot of times they're cheaper or they're changed. So it's a weird middle ground. It's such, there's something strange sometimes about that. I feel like what Sixo says about their £10 too much, I think the nostalgia yeah. takes you that extra £10 and would have. So I think if I had bought Primal and had a history with it and I didn't have one now, I probably would have bought it. That's fair. Do you imagine if they were going to put out like a reissue line where everything was to the highest standards as you remembered it, like as it was, rather than the sort of some of the cutbacks you get with a lot of the cheaper plastic and stuff like that. Mm. And like the premium you'd have to pay to get that stuff. Like you've seen with some of the toys like Optimus Prime and stuff, there's a, a certain premium for the materials involved now and the cost that those toys yeah. cost to make versus the amount of people are going to buy them. And it's like, yeah. where it's, does it It's fall? not even a blanket yeah. thing though. For example, the Walmart reissues, like Hot Rod was great, stickers were pants. Yeah. You know, uh, when the stick was okay, actually. And for the first time, the thigh stickers are thin enough that they don't scrape off. <laughs> but then like um, Astro Train stickers are got awful. Yeah. But Devastator was great. I really, really like the Devastator. Fantastic. So it's... um. 
it's not consistent. Even with Encore, we were just talking about how some of them were good, but some were terrible. But my Bruticus is superb. Encore is, is the most varied line for me, reissue-wise. Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. Whereas, whereas I would say, again, Collector's Edition is the most consistently good. You know, like there isn't really one of them that I can think of. Some of the stickers, maybe one or two, peel over time, but that's yeah. that happens anyway. Do you know what I mean? But generally speaking, the standard was, was very high. Yeah. I've got another question for you. So what toys have never been reissued, G1-wise or, or other lines, but should be? Swoop. Yeah. That's a good one, for sure. Overlord. Overlord's a... Well, Star Saver. Technically, Overlord got a re-release in Europe, of course. But yeah, if you count, that's not really a reissue. It's just it's a new, new market. The yeah, Motivators. So, uh, Motivators that's a good one. Yeah. Motivators, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Star Saber, for me, is a, is an obvious one. I know I mentioned it at the moment, but with the HasLab and all that. Scorponok. You know. Yeah, G1 Scorponok. That would... Um, Although, who would that sell to now? I was just going to say... how good the Earthrise one yeah, seems to be. That's a tough one as well. And if, the, if there's sort of become a new toy of something that somehow is definitive in its own right, would would a G1 toy compete with it in the same market? I don't know. I guess you could argue them reissuing the original Optimus Primal versus the Masterpiece and the very celebrated yeah. Kingdom version is, is ballsy, but, you know, mm-hmm. it seems to be paying off. So we'll see. I would say also Artfire would be nice to get a reissue of. I was just thinking of Artfire, yeah. They reissued Stepper enough times, haven't they, or Ricochet? (laughs) Uh, Never with his mate. But yeah, that would be no. a good one. Blue Blue Streak. I don't understand how we have not had that. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, Blue Blue Streak. Big, big miss, considering yeah. the mould was there. They should have done. Uh, it's another one I had in mind, actually. Um, Turbo Masters. <laughs> there's a lot. There's so many of those sort of late era. You know, there's stuff that doesn't get reissued and it's you have to pick it yeah, up. So. That's where I'm at, is the, is the stuff that you would just never expect. Like yeah. if you saw reissue Turbo Masters, get in. You know, that would be amazing. There have been loads of bootlegs, but Superion, you know, is yeah. one of the combiners that hasn't been reissued. Yeah. It'd be a nice one to see. Menasaur as well. Defensor. Yeah, Defensor. Imagine like the Target Masters or the Termas, anything like that in a really nice box set. Oh, it'd be amazing. Really swish. Cyclonus and Scourge haven't been reissued, which is yeah. incredible. Decepticon Target Masters that you can actually transform <laughs> the guns. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be incredible. That'd be so nice. The Technobot. Yeah. They're not yeah, even yeah. expensive to pick up, but they're yellow so fast. Yeah. And and lads. Pink hot rod. Yes. That would be nice. But like, you can't really reissue something that never came out in the first <laughs> no, place. No, right, yeah. But, but it would be nice to see it. Only yeah. the same as we were saying Blue Blue Streak. I know it's a diecline yeah. toy, of course. But, you know, like that is, there is sort of, I think, still would be some appetite for some unusual colours. You know, stuff that's yes. just never been done right. would be still fun to see. I'm thinking like your anime Astro Trains and things like that, mm. that if they did more of that stuff, I'd be well up for it, man. Give me some of those moulds, even stuff that we've seen a million times. I don't care whack a new colour scheme on it I'm all into it you know I mean to say what you will about old J Balves it's still fun to see a classic mould in a a new colour scheme Hey here's the thing didn't the rights to Robotech Macross change hands finally recently like Harmony Gold no longer have the iron grip on it so maybe it would be lovely to see I I I don't think that's happened does it I think everybody thought it was going to happen because so no G1 Jetfire reissue then yeah I think they won a court case uh, whoever owns it but then um yeah, I'm sure Harmony Gold popped up recently, having renewed the license. So. Yeah, fair enough. And and what about Beyond G1? Are there <laughs> thinking of Beyond G1? Is there, are there other lines that should get reissues as well? JRX needs a reissue. You <laughs> <laughs> say in unison, my God. Yeah, I, I own all the JRX and man could ever in the need, world. But yeah, but I think it needs a reissue because I think everyone needs to experience it. It's, it's that would be fantastic. a good one. That would be a good one for sure. There's a, there's a few car robots toys that yeah. could be good reissue fodder. I think. 
beyond that, though, I mean, I, I think um, th- I think there's some Unicron trilogy stuff that would make for great reissue uh, fodder. Now it's the right age, you know. It's 20 years since Armada, if you can believe that. Energy on Optimus Prime would be fantastic to see again. Yeah, it's such a weird Optimus Prime, the Power Rangers style. It, one. it is. It has been re-released, as I say, in um, in the the Year of the Horse uh, version, not the Year of the Horse. What was it? Year of the? I can't remember which year it was, but it was one of the year of the releases that was that Energy on Optimus in weird colours, uh, which was cool to see. But yes, that would be a good one. Um, maybe even the old uh, Super Pants Armada Prime, things like that, or you know the Cybertron Galvatron, you know things like that would be really really cool to see. So, I mean, even more recent toys. Uh, I don't know. Any others that you can kind of think of that you'd love to see? I'd love to be able to get some of the earlier masterpieces at not aftermarket prices. I mean, we're talking about toys that are, you know, over a decade old at this point, pushing 20 years now since MP1. I'd love MP4, for example, but I don't want to pay 200, 300 pounds for it. I'd love to be able to get Green Scream again. You know, surely masterpieces reach the point where it can. But they promised anniversary they? itself. They promised oh, yeah, they'd MP1 never do. L, yeah. They'd never do MP1 or MP4 ever again. They actually said this is the last one definitively okay. with last. Uh, what was he called? Last shot or well, whatever. I had my chance then. Yeah, exactly. No, sorry. They they promised and they can't go back on it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. What's the point of reissuing anything from masterpiece MP10 onwards? They're about to probably do a new version of it anyway. It wouldn't work with the rest of the line. That's the thing. Anymore. That stuff moves on, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Time forgets that stuff. You know, so MP11, just who would want it now? Do you know what I mean? But it, it's that cyclical thing, isn't it? Where MP3 is probably cooler than MP11 is. Oh, now. yeah. 100%. I don't MP3 over MP11 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. It will move again. It will move again. It's a very weird thing, isn't it? All of that. So, One final thing to mention is uh, non-Transformers toy lines. I mean, I can't post a photo of Mask these days without loads of people saying why that hasn't been reissued. So I think vintage Mask reissues, I would certainly go for them. And I'd love to see more vintage Macross reissues. We never got the Elint Seeker. Uh, we never got the Super Ostrich. And those are still many, many multiple hundred dollar toys, even thousands. So I would love to see more Macross reissues. I mean, they did do them again in 2008, six years after the initial run. So I'd love to see more and mask reissues. Absolutely. Definitely mask. Also Starcom, because it's like the greatest toy line that people don't remember until they see it. And they're like, oh my God, that was great. Okay, well, I think that's probably going to do it for the old uh, reissue chat tonight. We've uh, covered off a number of those lines and kind of gone through our own kind of personal preferences when it comes to collecting, things like that. There is plenty more to say, so if it's a topic that you'd like to see us revisit in the future, do let us know. You can uh, catch us on our social media feeds and things like that. We'll cover all of that off in a minute. Uh, But we want to talk about Patreon or Patreon. It's Patreon, isn't it? I always say Patreon, but I should say Patreon uh, for a minute because uh, we've got our old Patreon up at patreon.com forward slash triple takeover and uh we've got a bit of a question first of all is that fair to say Naz? yeah uh one of the perks obviously that we offer is the ability to submit a question that we'll answer on the show and uh we're going to answer today john pearl's question where he has asked us very simply uh what subline or mainline pre-unicron trilogy has been the most fun rewarding and possible to collect so he's talking about collecting diaclone seems like a little bit of an impossibility so this could be as small as power masters action masters or as big as rid 2001 so he's just asking us uh, which we've had the most fun collecting i can tell you which is the easiest without question it's machine wars you can literally <laughs> collect it in a day you know just go out there now honestly look on ebay or whatever and i think all the carded releases i collected literally within as they collected 
within an hour. I was chatting to our mate Dan, I remember, and I was like, I think I might finish off Machine Wars because I had the four larger releases. I think I might just finish that off. And then like an hour later, I was like, that's done then. That's the line complete just because they're so plentiful. It's ridiculous. That's classic six, though, you can... In an hour. It's not hard. Mr. I completed Vinyl Tech in the course of the episode. I haven't completed Vinyl Tech. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think um, G1 is the obvious answer. I found Power Masters actually a really, really fulfilling line to collect because I didn't have many of them as a kid. So getting them as an adult has been really eye-opening. Car Robots has been fantastic to collect. Absolutely fantastic. And both first time round and second time round, Binal Tech has just been total delight. Yeah, I would second that. Really just great fun to kind of rediscover and go through again. So I think in terms of most fun for me, probably G1 Pretenders, though, to complete, just because it's so varied. So there's so many different types of things, you know, the, the beasts, the cars, all of that. But just the fact that they're so hard to find some of them in decent nick. Um, I still actually don't have all the Japanese ones. So I don't have Metal Hawk, which is the one that's remaining, but I have all the Hasbro ones. And uh, But yeah, just finding all of those and getting a complete collection of those was a real joy. And this week, they wore their hats. Uh, well... <laughs> ish i i put the hat on them once to take a picture and off it comes again forever to be back in the drawer of pretender hats the bag did it take any paint off nope i was Job very done. careful it took more time to get the hat on than it took to take the picture Do you know what I, mean? I was like really carefully doing it i can't even tell you i was very very careful but even then i was when i took it off i was like if any paint is rubbed on this i will honestly be very angry at myself because then you can't leave the hat off <laughs> you've oh, got to leave it on <laughs> probably would attempt to fix it at that you point i think but uh... what about you liam <laughs> what was your favorite pre-unicron trilogy line uh for, to complete for me or collect uh it's micromasters i'm still going through the phase of collecting them all i'm only a couple yeah, of a teams one. and a base shy of doing it i think for the us ones but it's really interesting still getting them because they still feel really fresh and new even though i had yeah. them as a kid if that makes sense it's Really weird one because you don't see them as often as you see Sideswipe, Optimus, and all this, all these characters and stuff. Have you have you got all the transports and all of that kind of stuff and all the? I've got most of the. I haven't got the train style transports. I haven't got any of those. Right. It's mostly the teams I've been trying to finish off. I think I'm only two. Yeah. The the patrols. The patrols. Yeah. Nice. So. All right. Thank you, John, for that question. And we're also going to give the Sixos butlers their shout out on the show. That's another perk that they get. And we have more butlers than ever. It's been a nice influx of them from the new year. Here we go. So, ready? Deep breath. So, a big thank you to our Sixos butlers, Nick, Dean Watts, Danny Roberts, Chris C137, Andy, Cannon, Preston, Brian Fox, Chris, Billy Ho, Spiderfather, Adam Shoemaker, Zachary Blader, Matt, Stephen Perkins, Bad Saturday, Justin Masaru, Dave Dalrymple, Snowcrack, Absurd, Geo Kaiser, Yusufa, John Pearl, Cliff Cyrus, Troy Seth, Anthony Cars, Alec Mir, Captain RA, Phil G, Riley Lentz, Jonathan Fulslogic Howard, Jacques Pelletier, Alicia, aka Alicia Tron, Sam Highland, Stuart Webb, Amar Samra, Lazerbeek, Puma the Hunter, Mike S, and Vegemite Mike. Core, cool, what a list. Wow. Whoop, whoop. 32 seconds. That's more time on that list than you've let us talk about Omnibots on the main podcast. <laughs> and if you're a Six O's butler, you get to hear the Omnibot chatter that never was. Yeah, indeed. It's just a blank episode. That's it. Uh, no, yeah, fantastic. What a list indeed. So yeah, do check us out on patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Really worth seeing. We do have our Redbubble as well, which Liam mentioned earlier, which you can find at redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. 
get all kinds of merch on there. So it's just another way that you can support the pod. And all of these things really just help us to kind of keep the lights on, as we've kind of said in previous episodes, because actually it does take a bit of time to kind of put the pod together and do all the the recording and the artwork and all of that kind of jazz. And we really do want to keep it going. So we really appreciate all the support. And buy the leggings. They'll keep your legs warm. It's winter. Yes, indeed. Yeah, keep your legs warm. There you go. Uh, on that note, of course, we've got our two two wonderful sponsors as well. So thank you very much to tfsource.com uh, and also to gearforgeeks.co.uk. Uh, so thank you very much to them. Check out tfsource.com for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And you can check out gearforgeeks.co.uk for all kinds of stuff, including a lot of pre-owned Transformers. So if you are looking for cheap versions of some of the, the, the War for Cybertron toys and things like that out now, Check them out on there if you're in the UK. So otherwise, lads, where can they find you guys? I am to- at Toybox Soapbox on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm at TF Square One on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I am at 60TF on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can also find us collectively at Triple Takeover. Uh, you can find us, well, <laughs> I say that, you can find us on uh, Facebook at Triple Takeover and Instagram and Twitter as at triple underscore takeover just to be a little bit confusing why not otherwise that's going to do it for our reissue chat tonight hopefully you're getting this one uh, when this one's new but if not maybe just wait a couple of years and we'll reissue it for you eh That's as good a plus for a bumper as I can. More consolation, right? Cool. I see how it is. I see how it is. That's a conversation stopper. Yeah. No. No. uh, No love and friendship in uh, Bagsy. His target master scourge. Right. Right. Sure. Just have this picture of you eating like a seacon with some chips. (laughs) (laughs) Is it time to make my getting naughty later joke again?